Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. I'm Chance Ellison. And I'm Russell Howe. And this is Notorious by Chance, the show where we come in and talk about all things movies and, well, usually just movies. Sometimes we go TV, only when it's really special, or when Russell's watching episodes of Game of Thrones, which I don't think he has yet. <laughs> no, because it took forever to get through the stand, so uh, oh, no, yeah. yeah, I had to... So uh, yeah, this is uh, Steve. This was Stephen King time in our in our Scarefest 2019, and as of and because of that, we decided to review one of his miniseries this year. Huge mistake. Uh, well, okay, now not reading miniseries was not a huge mistake. Putting the stand on the pole was a huge mistake because we we needed something because like we had like it and we had the Langleyers, we had the Tommyknockers. So I'm just like, okay, one of these is going to get picked, but we we need something else, something to fill the spot. I don't know. Put it in the stand. Who cares? Mm, uh, yeah. Both of us uh, forgetting or not knowing the fact that the stand was, unlike most Stephen King series, which was like two nights, which clocks in like, what, three hours. Uh, this, one, yeah. this one came in at uh, six, double that time. Yeah. So, yeah, it took us a yeah, while. It took us a while to get through this one. Yeah, it was one of the ones where I was like, uh, I looked at the runtime run on IMDb and I'm like, oh crap. Yeah, we uh, we yeah. Did, we, did, we didn't know what we were signing ourselves up for, but nevertheless, we both watched, we both sat down, we watched all six hours of this thing. And oh, yeah. yeah, I can see, I can see why, I can see why this was uh, this is paid because there is a lot to there's a lot to unpack with this miniseries. But regardless, we have our other segments first. First of which is. Uh, the weekly trailer rundown, a very, very short rundown this week, because there are only a few, like, really big ones to come out. Uh, so starting off, I never had this right in front of me. Okay, here we go. Uh, starting off, let's talk about the, well, it's not really a repeat, but this is the second trailer, because I didn't have to talk about the first, because nothing really happens in the first one. But this is the trailer for Bombshell. Uh, so Bombshell is the movie about... Uh, the, I guess the bringing down of I think it's Roger Ailes. That's that's the guy. Yeah, Fox News. Yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what I thought. Uh, this features uh Charlize Theron, who just looks odd to me because she's playing Megan Kelly. The first time I saw this trailer, I'm just like, who the fuck is that? And it's like Charlize it, Theron. She looks like, really. She looks she looks really skinny, like really thin in this film. I'm not sure what like. But like it's it's her face. I'm not sure what like if it's, she's wearing prosthetics yeah. or just like a weird makeup job. But she does not look like Charlize Theron in this in this, in this trailer. No, absolutely not. I had to do a double take, and I'm like, because she almost looked like Nicole Kidman. And then I'm like, wait a minute, wait, Nicole, like, Nicole Kidman's right there. Well, no, Nicole Kidman's there, but it looked like she looks she looks a lot like her in, yeah, in the film. And I'm like, shit. I'm like, who is that? Yeah, when I said really... Charlize Theron, I'm like, oh my god, it's her. Yeah, it was it, it's really Charlie Stern just looks odd. Like she she looks like Megan Kelly, but like it's just it's odd yeah. to see. Uh as far as her, like I said, Nicole Kidman, Margot Robbie's also in this movie. Uh also let's see who else is in this movie. Kate McKinnon's in the film. She's in she's in it. John, John Lithgow's John in it. John Lithgow, isn't it? yeah, he's playing Roger Ailes and one of the Yeah. Very one of the couple Roger Ailes projects coming out because there's one with Russell Crowe, I think on like Showtime or something coming out soon. And uh yeah, also uh, Mark Duplass, who I guess can now only play Charlie Theron's husband. Because yeah, he's like, you know this, what, listen. Tully is like, I'm going to make a career out of this, goddammit. <laughs> uh, listen, I'm following this woman across the world now. We're, we're, we're going to do this. Putting putting a whole new meaning to his movie Creep. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah. du- 
Duplass, I think I think you're a fantastic guy and a fantastic uh, you know comedic personality and fantastic director. Uh, but regardless, uh, Russell, what do you think of the trailer for Bombshell? I liked it. Um, when you get you know you get such talent as you know with Margot Robbie, Theron, and Nicole Kidman, and just that whole entire you know scandal that happened, and I just think it's it's super fascinating. And I think that this is going to be one of those Oscar Beatty type films. It just has that look to it. Uh, oh, that's clearly what they're going for. Oh yeah, absolutely. The, the December release on this film, it screams Oscar Bates. So yeah, I um, I got that when I was watching it. Um, yeah, just like I said, surrounded by that talent. I mean, this movie is going to be really fascinating, uh, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they can get us to build sympathy for people from Fox News. Yeah, yeah. Because fuck those people. But. <laughs> Uh, regardless, sexual harassment is not a good thing. So either way, uh, good for them. Uh, but yeah, I think this trailer looks really interesting. I feel like Kate McKinnon's gonna either gonna like, be the straw that breaks this movie. Yeah, because you never know what you're gonna get with Kate McKinnon. Like she's either like well, no, you, be you, like, you usually yeah. do know what you're gonna get. It's usually not something very good. Because I know you didn't see yesterday, right? Mm, yesterday, yes. yeah, I did. Oh, you did. You the one, yeah, the, you talk about the one with the um. Uh, is that the one with the, the Beatles, right? Yes, you did see it. Yeah, I did see it. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. But yeah, like Kate McKinnon, yeah. she is unforgivingly bad in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she is. She's atrocious. But I, it looks like look the the, the like the thirty second, not even thirty, like the twenty second spot we got of her in this trailer is better than anything she did in yesterday combined. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think this looks really interesting, and I am I am down for the bombshell to drop. On December twentieth, twenty nineteen, add together. I see what I see what you did there. Uh, but speaking, of, uh, forget forget all of that. Oh crap! I forgot. <laughs> I, I just realized the trailer. Uh, the trailer I forgot to give you. But regardless, um, you know I'm gonna put you on the spot. Did you watch the trailer for Jungle Cruise? Yeah, I, I saw it. Are you talking okay. about Emily Blunt and the Rock? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So perfect. We, yep. we, so we so we can't talk about that. One. Let's talk about Jungle yeah. Cruise. So, uh, Jungle Cruise was a trailer that came out. Uh, this is for the twenty. It's going to be for a twenty twenty adventure film based on the classic Disney theme park ride, as usually known, the Lazy Dad Joke River. Uh, Russell, what do you think? First of all, I will say this is actually like an amalgamation of both. I could, like I talked like last time we did this about the Jungle Cruise presentation, how like yeah. they had like one one trailer focused on Dwayne Johnson, one trailer focused on Emily Blunt. This is kind of like an amalgamation of the two. Which is something I knew I had a feeling they would do when I when I saw it. And okay. first of all, tell me tell me am I wrong? That that latter scene, doesn't that feel like it's straight out to Steven Summers mummy? Oh yeah, absolutely. For sure is. But what do you think of the trailer? Um overall, like I said, I saw this um right when uh, Beck and I took Ella to go see Maleficent and they had um they had oh, this play okay. before. That's right. I'm I'm assuming they, I, I that's right. Okay. And they stacked it before. I, I, had no, I had known that the trailer had come out. I just hadn't watched it because um, it was one of those ones I was like, eh, you know. And then it ended up showing before Maleficent, so I'm like, okay. Um, I mean, it, it looks like one of those typical Disney family films that they're going for. Um, Beck told me, and I didn't know it was a, um, it was a, based on a ride. They've never, um, been, never been to Disneyland? <laughs> no, I've been to Disneyland, and I've, I've rode the rides, but it's like, it's like it's one of those things where it's like, you know, there's so much going on in a given day at Disney that I just I don't pay attention. You know what I mean? It's really, yes. really. You know, I, 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 one of the I biggest understatement for Disneyland ever. There's so much going on in the park. There really is, man. Like I know, like pirates, and I know, like all that other stuff. But it's like, 
um, the Jungle Cruise. I don't even remember. I might not even have gone on it. I don't it, even it's know. A, it's like right next to the Indiana Jones Red. I probably did go on it then because Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones is always like broke or there's like a big line, and we never get a, well, get a you, chance you, to go you there. Get, you gotta, um, you gotta get the fast pass. We do. Um, I'm trying to think. I might have been on this one. I don't remember because anything in the movie does that like, like, like kind of like simulate what happens on the ride at all. No, it does because the whole thing is like Dwayne Johnson's character. He okay. He like orchestrates this whole cruise. Tells tell these lame ass jokes. The backside yeah. the backside of water thing is straight up out of a ride, out out of the ride. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I I don't remember. I, I'm trying to think if I. I don't know. I don't. But I don't I, remember going on it. The most interesting thing about this, well, first of all, the Jungle Cruise actually, this is actually true. That was Walt Disney's favorite ride. At really? The, at the park, yeah. And it's huh. it's funny, uh, like it's actually like really interesting to go back and look at, uh, to look at like the skippers, people who were skippers on Jungle Cruise who actually like became famous. Like Steve Martin was a skipper on that ride. No shit. Yeah. Uh, crazy. Uh, who 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 else was on that ride? Uh, Kevin Costner was apparently a skipper. That must have been the, that must have been the worst fucking cruise I've ever been on. And here we go, <laughs> the backside of water. Yay! <laughs> Jungle Cruise. Yeah, like you, but like you look up, uh, you look up like Jungle Cruise skippers. There have been a bunch of them that have like gone on to major success. I don't know if I've been on this one. Cause this is the one from this is the California Park one, right? Yeah, it's, it's in the California. I don't know if because we've gone to, I want to say we've been to Disney World more. We've been obviously to Disney World more times. So I'm guessing I haven't been on this Jungle Cruise. Okay, but he, regardless, um, yeah, I think this movie looks like really, it looks like a really you know, fun. Could be like a little fun adventure. I think it's really, really all you could do with it with a tire like Jungle Cruise and a ride like that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, it looks okay. It's one of those films where, I mean, Rock is really getting, um, I guess he's just really trying to expose himself in all different genres. He's good at family films. I think this movie's, I mean, this, this thing's going to make buku bucks just because it's The Rock, it's Disney property, it's uh, holiday, probably release date. It's, it's July, make, it's it's July 24th, 2020. Okay, so yeah, right after the Fourth of July, July type of uh, release. Yeah, I think it's going to do really good. Uh, I'm curious if he has anything else coming out that same summer. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he. I'd be shocked if he didn't at this point. Well, usually those July releases, like those, you know, those box office, you know, uh, top, you know, top the charts there in July, they usually release them. And I think that um, I don't know. It, it, I I'm trying to think of an actual rock film that was released in July. A lot of his stuff said wasn't, wasn't, wasn't Skyscraper July? I thought Skyscraper was in June. Well, okay, regardless. Which play at this point? But still. But yeah, this movie's going to do really well. Um, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to it just in the sense of The Rock. I mean, he's entertaining enough, so I think that's worth the price of admission. I'm very curious what kind of regimen a man in the, 19, in the 1930s would have to go on to get that jacked. Yeah, um... And I don't even think they even probably even knew how to look like that. So yeah. Yeah, just like what? What are, you, <laughs> like, dude? What? Are, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, but regardless, like you said, uh, Jungle Cruise comes out July twenty fourth, twenty twenty. I'm 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 looking forward to. It. I think I think it could be a really fun time. Yeah. Uh, next show we're talking about the one that was actually on the list is one for 
Uh, well, I think is actually pretty interesting. It's uh, a trailer for R RDJ's next major motion picture, that being Doolittle. This being a adaptation of the classic Doctor Doolittle story, although this one is actually going to be time appropriate. I'm like the Eddie Murphy. I'm like people like me who got introduced to Doctor Doolittle through the Eddie Murphy movies. They're like, wait a minute, there's a book, and it takes place in like the early, like the late 1800s. What's going on? But yeah, this is going to be uh, a Doolittle movie in the correct time, where Robert Downey Jr. plays Doolittle amongst a all-star cast of animals, including Tom Holland, Ray Fiennes, Emma Thompson, uh, Rami Malek, John Cena is going to be in the movie. Antonio Banderas is some kind of weird pirate person. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Uh, Russell, what do you think of the trailer for Doolittle? I liked it. Um, those uh, those Eddie Murphy ones were really painful. I remember watching those. I like the first those one. Were, I mean, they were they were good enough, but they were just oh, they were really bad. Um, and I think RDJ really fits the bill for this film. This is like his type of bread and butter. Just he he's born to play that type of role. I feel like, um, I feel like his accent work is really underrated because he's one of the few American actors who can really pull off a foreign accent. Well, he does in Sherlock beautifully, I think. So, like, yeah, Sherlock, you, you know what you're gonna. His stuff on SNL, Natural Born Killers. So yeah, he's he's real he's really good at doing accents. He really is super underrated, but um, yeah, he was he was this movie does look really good. I, I'm super uh, curious to see this. Anything, especially life post uh, the MCU. It's it's nice to see RDJ like he's gonna get back out there now. We're gonna get RDJ films that aren't Iron Man. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, for sure. I think this the budget on this movie is an alarming one hundred seventy five million dollars. I was gonna say it's gonna be buku. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it works out for him. But like, yeah. I mean, you look, you you look at RDJ. This is gonna really test his star power outside of the MCU because, the, like, it's this is coming off of ten years of being actually over ten years of being Tony Stark. Yeah. His first his first major role since, and yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to it as well. I think that you could do something interesting with the Doctor with the Doctor Doolittle mythos. Yeah, I think you could. Yeah, and I think I, th I, th I think it's time for another like solid adaptation of this story, especially because we haven't had like a a really faithful one, like a really long like time, like so. a, like a proper one. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm definitely look I'm also looking forward to this, and it comes out <laughs> comes out in an, in an un uninspiring January seventeenth, twenty twenty. Wow, that's like really soon. Okay, yeah, it's crazy. Really, yeah, it's, it's 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 right around the corner. Okay. Uh, next show we're talking about for. Uh, Kind of, we're kind of still on Disney because Disney, Fox, all on the same banner now. But we're talking about the trailer for Onward. Uh, this is actually this, this is also uh, out of D twenty three. The footage, the opening scene of this trailer, and the final scene of this trailer. We we saw the full scenes of those uh, in the studio panel for D twenty three. So yeah, this is about two. I believe they're elf kids. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're elves. Uh, who bring? We try to bring back their father for one day. Only thing is, uh, the thing that the magic stone they need to bring him back uh, cracks. It breaks. They need to go. They need to go find a new one. And yeah. until then, his, his, the dad is the parallax, which I think I, I think visually is just kind of funny. It is funny. Uh, but yeah, Russell, what do you think of this of this trailer for Onward? I thought this. I thought it was a lot funnier. Really get to see the. Uh, the character, you know, banter between one another a little bit more in this one. Um, did you get shades of Weekend at Bernie's too? With uh, the, uh, I kind of did, yeah. With a little bit, with just because they're dressed and they're they're trying to make the father like an actual, you know, a whole entire person. 
thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, which, um, which by the way, just like, why? Like, do, do you need to hide him? Like, you're in a world where like centaurs and unicorns are running around. I'm pretty sure a pair of legs. Yeah, walk, like like you have like what, unicorns or whatever good. eating out of the trash or whatever. Yeah, I'm pretty sure a pair of legs walking around town is not the weirdest thing you're gonna see. No, yeah. So I, that and legs will be a lot easier to hide than as opposed to this whole entire like fake upper torso of somebody. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I, I do like the, it looks the, funny the, though. The bit the, the, the convenience store with the fairies be like, you look, you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it it does look really funny. Um, I'm I'm kind of looking forward to this. It's a it's a type of Pixar film that you're not. It's it's really doesn't follow in the you know the footing of all the other Pixar films. It's something different, and I kind of like that. Yeah, I mean, they've always uh, been pr- they always pride themselves on making movies off like, these weird off kilter things like toys yeah. or fish or things you never you never think back. Oh, yeah, I made a movie about that, but this is something that yeah, you this is like a whole like fantasy fantasy uh, you know metro- metropolitan world. So like, you can do a lot with this. Yeah, you absolutely can, and uh, who knows the success of this film? You know, shows uh, they actually might even make a sequel. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, but onward, definitely one I'm, I'm really looking forward to in a year where we're getting two really, really solid looking Pixar movies. This comes out, I believe, March 2020. Uh, next trailer we're talking about for is uh, actually there's two more we got. <laughs> Let's talk about this one. Uh, it's the trailer for Bloodshot. Oh boy! Uh, Bloodshot is the is the movie based on. Okay, it says the best-selling comic in the trailer, but I feel like that's—I feel like best-selling is pushing it. I feel, yeah, because yeah, I've never heard—I had never heard of it. So it being bestseller uh, or best-selling, I'd have to have to use air quotes for that, maybe. Yeah, I, I, I think I think calling it best-selling is pushing it. I feel like you went to fucking uh, like like any random ten people on the street, you know, like you know, do you know this character? It'd be like. Is that the Punisher? <laughs> but no. Yeah. Is that the Japanese Punisher? Because he looks ve- he looks very different in the comic. But this is a movie starring Vin Diesel. Uh, is based on a Valiant comic, and what this supposed to do? This was supposed to be the launch of the, I take a guess, Russell, a cinematic universe. What? Oh man. Although uh, their next movie, Har- which was supposed to be Harbinger. Uh, those rushes got picked up by Paramount, so there's no telling if, this, if the actual like cinematic universe is still going to fall through. Uh, oh re- regardless, uh, we have this movie because this one was this one was already shot as Vin Diesel, who's basically Wolverine. Yeah, <laughs> he's basically Wolverine with like Superman powers. He can regenerate. He's super strong. Uh, a guy Guy Pierce is manipulating him because Guy yeah, that's what Guy Pierce does, I guess. He's, he's, manipulator, man. he's manipulating him to kill Toby Kebble and a bunch of other people. And, uh, yeah, we also he also fights a discount Doc Ock. We're, we're not really selling the story on this. Basically, it's a guy who, who uh, he is basically turned into this government experiment where he's super strong. He's regenerated, got a body full of nanobots, and he's pretty much used to cover to – he's used to, I guess, send out to take out, take out assassinations. Without him knowing, it was like kind of like an Edge of Tomorrow kind of thing. Yeah, but, pretty much just feed, feeding him people to kill without him actually kind of knowing about it. I guess. Well, because like what they what they do is they make it look like whoever they, whoever they want him to kill, they make it look like he's the one to kill. His, they're the one to kill his wife. Yeah, they're feeding him with the information that obviously it's it's skewed. Yeah. So, Russell, what do you think the trailer for for, for a bloodshot? Uh, I mean, 
a typical Vin Diesel action film, I think. You know what I mean? Sure. I, I saw that, and I was like, even like, chron- like even a little bit of uh, Chronicles of Riddick esque into it too. Why not? Um, yeah, I mean, the movie looks like a, a one of those, you know, matinee action films. You know, uh, I, I, I'm I, I'm really surprised Vin Diesel has not come out with a line of tank tops. He, he al- really does. He always he, finds he, a he, way he, to never wear sleeves. Yeah, never. It's really crazy. So he should he should probably we should, we need to get a hold of him and just hey say hey listen you know what there's still time I think we, we want, can do this we want to we want to produce a line of Vin Diesel tank tops one last ride we can call him one one, one last stride or one we last call hour. we we call him uh, the family line the family, family line <laughs> mom <laughs> gets a tank top dad gets a tank top the kids get Absolutely. tank tops you you all get a tank top. But I mean, this movie looks. I mean, okay. I mean, does is this movie going to be terrific? Absolutely not. Um, it'll be entertaining. I think it'll be one of those mindless action films. Uh, and this this doesn't surprise me that Vin Diesel, you know, took this role because it kind of fits what what he does and kind of he's very one trick pony. Um, he, he he like he doesn't really dabble outside of the realm of action. I mean, when he does, you get the pacifier, um, and it's not very good. So um, he also uh, what, yeah, what's that one where he played a lawyer? It's like fi- oh, find me um, guilty. Was was that boiler? No, that's not boiler room. Was it find me guilty? Find me guilty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I keep thinking. I was thinking of boiler room. That was the one he was in with uh, Giovanna Ravisi. I think was was in it with him. Funny reuniting with the same part Ryan Coaster. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think was <laughs> Sony behind this does not inspire confidence. Because yeah, this is, they, I mean, they, this they is can, not going to be a very good film. They can barely get the character people give give a fuck about correctly. <laughs> This is true. So what, what what chance do they have for bloodshot? But uh, we'll see. What's the um what's the budget on this? Uh budget I I don't imagine it's like su- it's like super high. No, it can't be that much, but still, I think it's going to be a little bit higher than an average film. If I, if I had to okay, well, I'm t- I'm taking I'm taking a guess. I'm going to say like 90 million and that's being generous. I was gonna, I was going to say like 75 to oh. 100ish, yeah. Okay, so b- budget has not been it has not been released, but judging by the effects, the scope, and just the overall just feel of the film, I'm going to guess. Okay, here we go. So, uh, Bloodshot's looking at... Uh, actually, you know what? They're, yeah, they have not released the budget for the Bloodshot film, but I'm going to guess. I'm, I'm going to guess it's going to be in the range of like 70, 70 to $90 million. Okay, and for shits and giggles... How, where, where do we think this movie is going to open? Like, what, what uh, money wise, what do you think it's going to open uh, in a week? In dom- domestically? Domestic, yeah. I'm being generous. I'm going to say 30 mil. Okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to be less generous. And I'm going to say, I'm going to go with like 20. Ooh, well. Yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be one of those floppers, I think. I, I, d- I think it'll flop in the U.S. I feel like we will do well overseas. I don't. That's know. what I feel like. I think it's going to flop domestically, internationally. It's, it's, it's going to be another. It's going to be another triple X three. It's going to. It's going to do crap in the states, but for some reason, kill in China. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, they, they love that stuff. They do. Uh, but yeah, uh, so Bloodshot is set for what has come out in the U.S. I, I just had it up. I can't remember. I know it's February twenty twenty. February twenty first, twenty twenty. So oh, that's not, that never that, that never helps things with a Feb, with a February release. Hey, hey, hey this, this could be the next Deadpool. <laughs> Gross over eight hundred million dollars. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm gonna say probably not, but yeah, probably not. <laughs> blood, bloodshot. 
Oh, boy. And uh, we have one more trailer. This is for, I'm not sure how many people are going to be into this because it's for a little, a little, little movie. I don't know if, I, I'm not even sure if you if you had heard of it until you saw the trailer. It's for a little movie called Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It sounds not, familiar. Not familiar? Yeah, it's actually a part nine of a uh, of a big saga. This movie this has been going Ooh. on since the seventies. Do you know that? Really? They they made eight other films. They made eight other movies, Russell. <sighs> Never heard of it. And they made spinoffs too. What? <laughs> I, I just know someone's gonna be like, "Y'all, y'all stop playing, goddammit. No, of course. <laughs> Are they behind that that film called Dice? <laughs> Dice, Dice, the Han Solo story. <laughs> uh, it's, it's been a while since we referenced Dice. Yes, we know what the hell Star Wars is. God. Uh, guys, it feels good to reference Dice again, but regardless. It is. It's such uh, a good one. <laughs> uh, so we have uh, the final trailer, which is funny because like, they say like final trailer has been like six of them, but like there's usually only like one, if that. Yeah, uh, seriously. But yeah, we have the final trailer for The Rise of Skywalker and the final trailer for the... The final trailer for the last Skywalker saga Star Wars movie we will ever get in our lifetime. Uh, so this, yeah, this movie. What do we think of the trailer, Russell? I mean, obviously we were on board. I think when they just mentioned that they were going to come out with the Rise of Skywalker oh, yeah. episode. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I was on tra- board with this movie when I heard they make yeah. the new trilogy way back in 2014. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm sold. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Closing out another, you know, you know, another saga. Pretty much like you have like the Infinity Saga coming to an end. Now you have the Star Wars one coming to an end. Um, I'm on this, board. This is the year to end sagas. Now the Toy Story saga presumably end. I'm not, I, I don't think they're going to make a five, but that, but I could be wrong. I really never thought they were going to make a four, though. So I didn't I, either. I, I, up in the air about that. I one. would not put it past them to make a five. Regardless, we're talking about Star Wars right now. Um, yeah, I mean we get we get a ton of stuff. We get Ray dropping Ray dropping a helmet. We yeah. get uh, let's see what else we get. We got space horses. We got C. We got C. Three PO, possibly, possibly die. Not possibly. He's probably gonna die. Yeah, he has to. I mean, well, it's di- just that that, die that that scene feels like in a, an operative a, sense because you know. he's robots aren't really like no offense to all, no offense to all you robot right defenders. Robots aren't really alive. Well, he, plus, I mean, he had a hell of a ride. I mean, he's been there for forty plus years. You know, he he's been <laughs> there been there since the jump. Yes, I mean. Yeah, I think if they're going to go with the character, I think I had the vibes that he's he's going to bite the bullet here. But yeah, we get a lot of really cool imagery, but again, not not really a lot of like plot. No, which I I'm really thankful about. I don't I don't like when they show too too much, so this is good. Which I think like a good thing they done with the marketing is the fact that they don't really show they don't really show a lot as far as like, they what do, they really, really you about. get you get your you know your little lightsaber scenes that you're gonna you're gonna have no matter what, um, to what extent or to where at in the film. We don't know. Um, that remains to be seen. But yeah, I like how they kind of leave you out there in left field. Like, what the hell? What's what's gonna happen? I, I appreciate that. Um, the one thing I'm super curious about is how the hell the Emperor comes back. Like, that's what I'm super curious about. So yeah, that's, that's kind really, of really. I'm not. I'm not sure how this actually. I'm not sure how this worked out, but. We got Ian McDermott back. Who let's let's face, he was one of the few good things about the prequels. So I'm no, cool for sure. It. So I'm I'm really curious how we're gonna get him back. Like at, like just in general as a character in the film. And something I will say is the music for this trailer, is fucking choice. 
Like the really? the whole re, the remake the revamp of the Star Wars main theme. I hope that's in the movie somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you know. I'm sure what Williams probably obviously had to have done this. Oh yeah, he did. Like this is this is yeah. This is his movie. bread and butter, man. Williams scoring this movie. This is going to be the last Star Wars movie he will ever do. Yeah, so he's gonna go out with a bang. I mean, it sounds good. It sounds you know cohesive and and together, and I, I like it. I'm looking forward to this film. I just I really hope. I have a little bit more faith in Abrams than I do Ryan Johnson. I just, I really, more and more I think about it, I just really don't like The Last Jedi. Yeah, you really don't know that one. At all. I just, I don't know, man. I just, I, I have faith in, in J.J. I think this is going to be a good, solid film, and I think it's going to end, hopefully, the way that, you know, most people envision and or wonder, you know? We we so, also, uh, we also know this is going to be the longest Star Wars movie at uh, 155 minutes long, so it's just a little over two and a half hours. Which I kind of wish, I kind of wish this one because there was a, like a work print of like three hours. I kind of wish this one was three hours. I do too, just because of the fact what Last Jedi had to be a couple minutes shy of that. No, actually, Last Jedi is getting, is shorter than this one. Really, I thought Last Jedi was over two hours though. Last Jedi clocks at like 152. This is 155. Are you serious? Yes. Last Jedi is 152. Yes. Wow, I I could have sworn which that, at, that movie which was longer. That that at that point was that that used to be the longest Star Wars movie. This this kind of this this beats it out. Wow. Okay. But yeah, I you're wrapping up a forty year saga. Go go for the full three hours. I mean the, the yeah. I mean the, end, highest, the two highest grossing movies actually two of the three highest grossing movies of all time are over three hours. Yeah, actually, true. no, actually, no. I take that back. Titanic's not three hours. It just, fe- it just feels like that. The highest gross movie of all time is three hours. So why, why, not, why not go all out? Titanic's three hours. No, it's not. It's just shy. It's like two, it's like two forty-five. No, it's three fourteen. Oh, is it really? Yeah, it's over three. It's two. It was two VHS tapes. It's three hour runtime. I don't know how much tape is on a VHS tape, Russell. So, <laughs> well, no, I just remember when it came out in ninety-seven. Well, actually, it didn't even come out until ninety-eight because that's when VHS took forever to come out. But um, yeah, no, it's three hours. Okay, these so, so, okay, so go back to my original statement. Two of the three highest gross <laughs> movies of all time, and Avatar counts depending on which cut. But two of the three highest grossing are over three hours. So why not just go all the way? Yeah, I just wanted you to get the stats right. That's all. I just wanted you know we're gonna be on on the ball. That's we gotta all. be on the ball. You're right. You're right. My apologies. Uh, yeah, and also tickets went on sale. They they are smashing records left and right. I think it's already like I think it's. Already kind of almost doubled. Uh, and ask me, did I get my ticket yet? No, you did not. Buy, I, I don't I'll even have to ask. I know, you, I know, I know, because you've already told me that theater you go to. So like, yeah, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, I, I know it's done. But yeah, I, I already yeah. got my tickets. Yeah, uh, for opening day, uh, which means I'm pretty much going to be on on uh, internet lockdown from uh, from thir- from Thursday night to from when I see it uh, Friday afternoon. Yeah, I'll probably see it Thursday night at Regal. Um, yeah, and then I'll, I'll probably I'll stay off the grid there that probably that week. Yeah, so just to stay off because I don't want to. I don't get anything ruined. Yeah, I have I have heard it's not, it's not really, this isn't a spoiler like at all, but uh, this is based on an interview from Kevin that Kevin Smith did when he did a set visit to episode nine. Uh, he said that he had an opportunity to go into a tent, and he's and like JJ told him like that scene was going to melt his mind, and that I think that was the direct quote, but. He didn't yeah. go in because uh, he didn't go in because people told him not to. Apparently, what it was was the last shot of the movie. Oh, and, like, okay. He heard people who went in and saw it. He was like, "God, I wish I hadn't seen that." 
So yeah. the apparently the ending the ending of this movie is supposed to be like really awesome. So Okay. Good. I'm definitely I'm definitely looking forward to this. Still my most anticipated of the year with with a bullet. So yeah, and this movie comes out December thirteenth? No, twentieth. Twentieth. Ah, there you go. You you can do the you can do the sexual harassment Star Wars double feature. There you have it. There you have it. Uh, so that's gonna do it for trailer t- for trailers today. So now we go on to uh, notorious news, which we ha- it's very minimal today because we're only focused on. We have a six hour series to talk about, so I'm gonna f- focus. We have on a journey. We have chance, and I have to walk and meet up at, you know, in Arizona. We have to. We have a journey. A lot, lot of walking. A lot, lot of walking. A lot of walking. I mean. A lot, a lot of walking. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to what we mean by that later. But uh, <laughs> first of all, we have some movies to talk about. First of all, uh, the John Wick spinoff, Ballerina, has landed a director in Underworld's Len Wiseman. Uh, so, Ballerina, for those of you who saw John Wick 3, uh, a minor spoiler, but it's not, not really anything about the plot. So, we saw this school that apparently John, John Wick has some roots in. And we see, like, ballerinas, we see people training... And you kind of get the feeling that this is where John Wick came from. This is where he got his skill set. So uh, this movie is going to focus on a young upstart assassin going through that whole kind of training camp. And Len Wiseman uh, has come on board as the director. So, uh, Russell, what do you think of Len Wiseman directing this spinoff film? I think, I mean, it makes sense because Underworld is such a dark, the original Underworld we're talking, right? Uh, that should be, I, don't, I don't know if he did any of the sequels. I think he just did the first I, one. Oh, no, he did the first sequel. He did Underworld Evolution. Okay. But yeah, okay. A, so, I mean, it's like a darker film, and I think John Wick's a darker film, so that kind of makes sense, you know, director, you know, taste-wise, just w- what you're going to get out of it. So I can kind of see why they went with him. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a good choice for it, and I think that really opens up a whole entire, you know, realm of John Wick, you know, universe, pretty much, you know, because this movie's such a beloved trilogy so far and why not add on to it i'm sold on this movie i'm not entirely sold on wiseman directing it i mean like i like i said just with the underworld tone it's that dark tone i think like i i I can see a little bit of similarities with the john wick universe too with just that darkness to it so i'm thinking maybe yeah i don't know i'm not not saying he doesn't have like the visual appeal to make i'm just saying I don't think I haven't really liked the Lynn Wiseman movie. Any of them, <laughs> like I think. Okay. You're fucking wrong, Chance. That's uh, P. Thank you, PJ. You had to make a cameo again. Yeah, make a cameo. <laughs> uh, but PJ, why don't you come in? Why don't you talk about Len Wiseman directing Ballerina? He, hold on, he's walking. He's walking. First of all, it's really great to be here in my own fucking studio, you bastard. <laughs> Talking shit about Len Wiseman like that, number one, not okay. No, uh, Len Wiseman, all things being equal, like, Underworld 1 and 2, visually very interesting films. The second movie's not that great. I know there's people who have a soft spot for it. I like the first one, and I first actually really like Live for Your Die Hard. Him coming in to do Ballerina kind of actually makes sense because he's more of a visual filmmaker than a story-driven filmmaker. In a yeah. movie in the John Wick universe visually appealing should be what you're trying to aim for. So as long as the script is good, I'm really not too worried about it. Like he seems like the very perfect fit for this universe. As long as it's actually given kind of the right direction, it's really going to depend on the script, but I think him as a filmmaker, it shouldn't be a problem. No, it's a a fair, it's a fair assessment. I just think that when it comes to Wiseman, 
I, yeah, I, I think that movies I haven't liked of his, and I haven't really liked any of them. I don't think it's because of his direction. I think he, I think his direction's fine. I just think it's yeah, you're right. It has come down to has has come down to bad scripts. Uh, I I can hear. He, he's, he's trying to defend Total Recall script. I'm saying no. No Total Recall. Oh no! Oh he's oh no he's saying Total Recall script is bad. Okay. Okay, yeah, I'm just going to say, PJ, we have to draw the line there. Okay. <laughs> We're about to draw the line in the sand on PJ right now. No, no, no yeah, you are not You are not defending Total good. Recall here. No, absolutely not. And he does not own the original. He only owns the remake. So I'm I'm now confiscating his entire collection, uh, loading up my car with all these Blu-rays, and I'm holding them all hostage until he buys Total Recall, the original. But regardless, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think this movie could... It, it, could, it could work, I think, is... Yeah, it's gonna come down to that script. I can't remember. I don't. I don't think Colstad's writing this. Who wrote the, the original John Wick films? So it's gonna be interesting to see how this one turns out. Uh, next piece of news talking about in one that is this is a <laughs> you know I'm gonna talk about this because it's just, it's just bizarre. Uh, it only gets more bizarre. I'm gonna explain. So Russell, I don't know if you heard about this. There is a Barney movie in the works. Oh my god! Barney is heading back to the big screen. But no, 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 uh. Russell, you, you say that now. This story gets even stranger because one of the people spearheading this movement, coming on as producer, to bring this to the big screen, I'm not even kidding, is Daniel Kaluuya. Get Out star Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah. I, oof. Let's see. I, 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 have the, I have the quote right here. This is from Kaluuya. <laughs> this is from Kaluuya himself. He's produced this with his 59% uh, studio. Uh, Barney... (laughs) I can't even say this with a straight face. I can't believe this. Barney was a ubiquitous figure of many of our childhoods. Then he disappeared into the shadows, left misunderstood. We're excited to explore this compelling modern-day hero and see if his message of, I love you, you love me, can stand the test of time. And I have another quote from uh, the studio. I can't remember which one is behind this. Oh boy. Let me see. Okay, uh working oh it's it's Mattel films. Uh working with Daniel Kaluuya will enable us to take a completely new approach to Barney that will surprise audiences and subvert expectations. What are you talking about? God, this is really awkward. We're, get, yes. we're, we're, we're getting we're getting our we're getting our dark Barney origin story, Russell. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. Rejoice. It's a Barney and origin story. Yes. Uh but so yeah, uh Russell what do you make of this story? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm a little trouble. Well, first off, I didn't grow up with the Barney. Um, I think that was past your time, wasn't it? I, I yeah, I was I was older, and I thought that was kind of yeah. weird. Bar- that, uh, Barney was like was, my time. Yeah, somebody was dressed up as a purple dinosaur, but whatever. Um, did you grow yeah, up in the age? Of, did you grow up in the age of HR Puff and stuff? Probably, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever. Anyway, um, thank you for dating me. But anyway. Um, yeah, it's just, this is just awkward. This is really weird. I, I don't know why we need Barney. I, I, I'm surprised it's not going to be like Barney versus Teletubbies or something. Get that, something okay, crazy. Okay, you know what? If, if that were the pitch, I'd, I'd be down 100%. Done deal. Done deal. You thought you saw it in 2003 with Freddy versus Jason? Dot, dot, no, this, dot, think this again. Is, you, you thought Endgame was the most ambitious crossover of all time? <laughs> fuck, go fuck, go fuck yourself. Uh, but, Ugh. yeah, look, I think... Barney has become a bit of a weird cultural touchstone because it's something. It's someone who, like, look, I was around. I was the group of kids who watched him as a kid, 
But now the kids who watch him as a kid fucking hate him as an adult. I don't. I don't think he's really worth the hate. I. I don't think he's as great as other kids shows. Like he's not. He's not Sesame Street, which I will still watch from time to time because I still need to learn my letters. Oh yeah. Because yeah. I still need to learn my letters. Um, but yeah, I, I think that when you ha- like you have these like these other kid shows like Sesame Street or like some like Fraggle Rock or the Muppets. I'm a big Henson fan, you can tell. Uh, but you, all the other shows who can really like deal with, like the serious stuff and like really like teach kids like Sesame like Sesame Street taught so many kids about death. I can't imagine Barney teaching that same lesson. Yeah, it's it's hard to take it seriously though. I guess you no, know what I mean is. when the tone's already been kind of set. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing to think about. But like Barney coming to, coming back to the screen. <laughs> Like yeah. we're stopping, we're stopping trying to bring Sesame Street back to the screen. How, what what chances Barney have? Oh man, this is just really awkward. I I really can't believe we're talking about this. Yeah, this is this is just a bizarre story up and down. But yeah, we'll, we will keep track. We will, we will yeah. keep track on Barney Watch 2019. Yeah, for sure. Uh, next thing we're talking about is uh, Super Intelligence. Does this movie ring a bell to you? Super Intelligence. Yes, that title is that familiar uh... to you. I mean, I'd probably have heard of it. I, I, I'm drawing a blank right now. So, Super Intelligence was... I probably should have let off with this one. Uh, Super Intelligence was a movie starring Melissa McCarthy as a... Okay, here's the premise. Nothing, nothing extraordinary happens to Carol Peters. So, when she starts getting snarky backtalk from her TV, phone, and microwave, she thinks she's being punked or losing her mind. In fact, the world's first Super Intelligence has selected her for observation. Talk taking over her life with bigger, more ominous plan to take over everything. Now Carol is humanity's last chance before his artificial intelligence with an attitude decided to pull the plunk. Didn't they pull this from a theatrical release? They did. That's what we're talking about. Okay. This got pulled That's why. From, okay. This got pulled from sorry, Melissa McCarthy and James Corden as okay. because that's what America was asking for as the most super intelligence. This was this was going to be a theatrical film. But it got recently got pulled from release, and it was is now being shuffled off to the Warner Brothers HBO Max streaming service. So, what I will say is thank you, Warner Brothers, for showing us some friggin' mercy. Yeah, seriously, um, that sounds awful. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, well, here's the thing. I like Melissa McCarthy. I think I think she can be really funny. She can be a really good actress. It's whenever she works with Ben Falcone that she is the worst. Like all her all her movies with her husband Ben Falcon, I'm sure they have a great marriage, but man, all her movies like she he is just not a good director, and he does not know. He, it's like he amplifies everything people do not like about Melissa McCarthy. Uh, yeah, I'll give that to you. I, I I didn't like. There's there's a couple that I didn't mind of 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 his that he did. Uh, Life of the Party was funny. I mean, again, the boss wasn't very good. Uh. Tammy. Tammy wasn't Tammy really wasn't that good, but Life of the Party was kind of funny. Yeah, I, did, I didn't care for Life of the Party. Probably, probably the best one he's done, but yeah, I would say still yeah. didn't, still didn't uh, care for it all that no. much. No, uh, but yeah, <laughs> I want, I'd rather look at the one to say thank thank you WB for for sparing us. Now I now I definitely won't, won't be watching this movie. Yeah, that's for sure. I yeah, that's wow. That's, that sounds so bad. Yeah, and then it's also Melissa McCarthy and James Corden on the same in the same movie. Directed by, oh my god, Brian Tyree Henry's in this movie? Why? Oh boy. Why? Why are you doing this, man? For shame, for shame. <laughs> you're, doing so, you're doing so well. 
Uh, all right, regardless. Moving on. Uh, next story. These, these are some actually interesting ones. They're, not, they're, they're cool, but they're also just like, what? So we have some cast news on Matrix 4, which, yes, is still coming. Hooray. <laughs> uh, so Matrix 4 has added some new cast. First of all, we already know Keanu and Karen Moss are coming back. Uh, it's been rumored, hasn't been officially confirmed yet, that Jada Pinkett Smith will be reprising her role from the Matrix sequels. Uh, but new me- new cast member joining the cast. We have Jessica Henwick from uh, from Netflix's Iron Fist, which I'm 99% sure you haven't watched. No, I've never watched it. I did not think so. Yeah, you can skip it. It's not very good. Uh, but, <laughs> but you know, she's, 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 she's really good. She's also on the field later. She's in the Game of Thrones, which you'll find out if you ever get to them. Uh, Jessica Henwick. You also have Yaya Abdul-Mateen II joining in from uh, Us and Aquaman fame. And... Possibly the strangest casting news, and trust me, it's saying a lot. Neil Patrick Harris, who, NPH. yeah, NPH, who uh, I thought, okay, is he gonna be like, is he gonna be like, you know, like a small role? No, he is going to be a quote unquote key role in this new movie. But okay, so, so you hear this cast: Hen- Henwick, Yaya, Jada Pinkett Smith coming back, and Neil Patrick Harris. Now, do, 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 do these additions excite you more for the movie? Uh, probably not. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> I would, I would say no. Like, if you're gonna I, do I would it, I say mean, it. It, it this intrigues me more than initially than it did. I mean, it intrigues me, but I mean, are my, where are my expectations for this film? I don't think the film's gonna be that good. Like, I mean, of course, again, Revolutions was awful, so I think anything could be better than that. Uh, don't, don't, don't test them. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I think it's crazy we're getting another one. Uh, we've been so far out of the uh, loop for a while with this. So, yeah, I, I don't know. The power of Keanu. It's, it's coming back. Uh, it is, man. He's, he's... We'll, do, we'll, do, we'll do speed three. Oh, no, we'll do speed two right this time. Yeah. We're going to get a lake house sequel. Hell, yeah. Johnny Mnemonic, Johnny <laughs> Mnemonic 4. I like it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this definitely like is like this is like okay. You didn't have my curiosity. You don't have my attention right now either. But right now, you have my curiosity. Yeah, I would say that. I, I could go on. I could echo that. I mean, I'm curious, but to me, when you add those names, I'm just like, eh. All I'm saying is, if Neil Patrick, if there is not a Matrix musical number, then this is then this is a whole fucking movie's a waste of time. Yeah, this is true. I want Matrix the musical. Might happen. Who knows? It might, might get a little uh, one, little number. Might happen now. God willing. <laughs> but yeah, Matrix Four. Uh, yeah, I guess this is the thing we're actually doing now. Hooray! <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, last thing we gotta talk about the Batman's. Uh, first of all, uh, Jonah Hill exited talks to, from from the Batman's. Uh, he, ex- he exited. He exited talks uh, mostly, especially due to due to money. Uh, we'll talk a little, more, a little bit more about that later. Uh, but joining the cast of the Batmans, uh, we have Zoe Kravitz, who will be playing the role of Catwoman. And we also have Paul Dano, who will be playing the role of the Riddler, who was literally cast, I think, like the day of or the day after Hill got dropped. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Russell, first of all, first of all you got to talk about these, ca- these new cast. you got Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman and Paul Dano as the Riddler. What do you think? I think Zoe could absolutely pull off Catwoman. Um, I, I like the the choice for casting of her. 
Um, and I like Paul Dano as a Riddler, believe it or not. I really think no, that I I, some of his I, – I really like that actually maybe even a little bit more than Jonah Hill. Uh, actually, a lot more than Jonah Hill because I think that yeah, Dano I, I think is a really good we, – We still don't know who what, Jonah Hill is going to play, but I think if, if he was up for the Riddler, I think Paul Dano is a way better fit. Oh, absolutely. So I, I'm totally on board with Dano as uh, the Riddler just because of the fact that I've seen he has such a broad you know, body of work with his acting. He can, he can go, you know, completely dark. Let me look at him, and you know, there will be blood. Um, and you can just, you see everything with him. So yeah, I I'm totally on board with the uh, the Riddler choice. And I think Zoe Kravitz. I think, you know what? Why not? I think she'll be a good Catwoman. I think she could really do do well with the character. But I'm more excited about the Dana choosing for sure. I mean, it's very uh, WB is kind of one of the series wants to keep their actors in the in the family, and we're doing yeah. it literally because you know her her stepdaddy her stepdaddy's Aquaman just made him a billion dollars. This is true, and so I, I freaking I saw like a comic. I can't remember where I saw, it, but it was just like, oh, looks like looks like stepdaddy got you a job. I'm just like, okay, well, first of all, yeah, that's I, so will, dumb, I will, I yeah. will, I will say this. I think Zoe Kravitz is a much better actress than Momoa is an actor, and I, and I like Momoa. Yeah, but I mean, he's more eye candy for the women, and he's just very, you know, one line. You know what I mean? Just one, one tone. But yeah, as like, an I've actor, seen, yeah. Zoe Kravitz is actually she's a really, really good actress. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think like you look at like the cast, but I think else was on. I think Gugu Mbatha Raw was on, who I think she'd been really good. Uh, Aza Gonzalez, Ana de Armas, uh, the girl from Blade Runner twenty forty nine. She's gonna be a nice out also. Uh, you had a really talented, yeah, you had a really talented list of actors right there. I think I honestly think this is probably the best choice you could have gone with. I think Zoe Kravitz is great. I think uh, she'll have a great role alongside, uh, you know. Commissioner Gordon and Rob Robert Rob 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 Bat Rob Bat Yeah, I think I I think this is gonna be this movie shaping up to be really nice. And yeah, sorry, Paul Dano is the Riddler. I think he I think he's squirrely. I think he's creepy. I think that I could totally buy him as this like forensic guy gone wrong. Yeah, so, I agree. Uh, yeah, I think this I think this movie is shaping up to be really really cool, and I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, same here. So, yeah, that brings us to the end of, end of our movie news. I mean, we now get to talk about The Stand. All Stand. six hours. M-O-O-N, The Stand. M-O-O-N, The Stand. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, like, like we said earlier, this one is a lot like, much like, unlike a lot of Stephen King's other miniseries, which clocked in like two nights, around three hours. This one was four nights and clocked in around around six and yeah. yeah, so uh looking back looking back at this. It was interesting. This air on ABC way back in nineteen ninety four. This was a this is a I, I think it was a pretty big deal at the time. I was I wasn't around nineteen ninety four, so I can't I can't comment or speculate. But I did talk to PJ, who apparently watched this as it aired and says it was it was a really, really big phenomenon. And this is one of his his denser books, so you kinda need you kinda need this time to you know, to, to tell the whole story, tell the whole scope. And you can even do it more. In fact, they are doing, I don't know if you know about this, Russell, but they are doing a new version of The Stand coming 2020. Oh. There we go. And there we have it. We kinda, M-O-O-N. We, we kind of use this. <laughs> we can kind of <laughs> use this opportunity to talk about uh, the new version coming out because it's coming out for CBS All Access. Okay. In 2020. Matter of fact, uh, Disney had to take Josh Boone by the ear away from The Stand so it can come and finish New Mutants. 
Yeah, this is like, no, no, no. Get, Josh, Josh, get back here. You committed. You're going to finish this. Yes, we got to finish your, finish your food. Finish your, finish your food. You can have dessert later. Uh, so, yeah, uh, <laughs> why don't we not waste any time? <laughs> let's, get into the sta- let's get into the stand. We start with part <laughs> one, the plague. So I will say, this, this series actually starts off with the, the intro of the series is actually really good. Yeah, I mean, you're thrown right into it right at the beginning of the of the uh, the, 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 the miniseries, yeah. Yeah, we, uh, we, we, get, we get a quote from T.S. Eliot, because all good things, all important things start with a quote. Uh, this is the way the world ends, this is the way the world ends, this is the way the world ends, not with a bang, but with a whimper. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like that quote kind of transcends to right now, if I'm being honest. <laughs> but yeah, you have this government testing facility, and for <laughs> something I notice is... Just the framing of the title, just the way it's like, it's Stephen King's stand, but Stephen King is between the and stands. So it's like, the Stephen King's stand. It's just a really <laughs> weird way to frame this title. But uh, you're at this government testing facility. You don't really know what's going on, but you hear this alarm. And then a guy who I, re- I recognize, I can't remember where I recognize it from. Turns out he's he, what, he would go on to play the coach in the blind side. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know some guy, you know, yeah. You don't get talking about. I know you're talking about. He yeah. goes and gathers his wife and kids to drive out of, <laughs> to drive out of this facility, to get, get the hell of, out of town. Get 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 the fuck out of Dodge and get through the slowest closing gate I've ever seen. Really, not too concerned about security, are you? Yeah, it's like eh, you know, it, 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 not a big deal. Not a big deal. Uh, yeah, you don't really know what he's running from until you go inside and you find out that something has killed everyone at this medical facility. And uh, what, what what was the song that played that played over over the credits? It, it was like a well known uh, song. Was it oh, the end of the man? Was it the end of the world as we know it? By R.E.M. Speedwagon. R- it's R.E.M. 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 Not R.E.M. Speedwagon. Was that the song? Um, that sounds that sounds right. It sounds like that could be right. Okay, well we're we're, we're just gonna say that what what's what it was. Let's go with it. But anyways, uh, they 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 get out of town. They go to a gas station where we meet our, I guess, our main character, Stu, played by Gary Sinise, who will actually be played by James Marsden in the new version. I can see that. Yeah, I, th- I think I think that's a really that's an interesting yeah. choice. Uh, so <laughs> we get the ultimate waste of time as uh, the guy who sp- <laughs> who literally uh, sped to get the f- get the fuck to safety. Uh, he dies anyways, so it doesn't even yeah. matter. All that work for nothing. All that work for nothing, and uh, the, but well, not really for nothing because the town he went the the town he goes into is put into quarantine by Major Ed Harris, which is a random fucking cameo. So random. I was like, oh my god. Yeah, like Ed yeah, Harris. Yeah, yeah. That town's putting that town's put into quarantine. So way to go, Ed Harris. Not, not well, not quite good, Harris. Way to go, coach on the blind side, dickhead. Yeah. Way to get everybody sick, fucker. Way to get everybody sick, you <laughs> asshole. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so <laughs> we get we get a really dramatic death scene in the rain. Like we said, this town's put on quarantine. But for, but enough, but enough of that shit. We got to cut to our next character, to our next character and plot line. What was after this? The musician. God, I don't know. Like there, I said, there's so many that, plot lines I, I, at the beginning of this. The stand. This could be like around the United States in 80 days. Oh um, oh, and by the way, the doctor that. Uh, comes in to take away Gary Sinise. Actually, the uh, same guy who played Willie in the sitcom Alf. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Willie, uh, the, the dad, yep. Yeah. Okay, okay, my bad. The next character we cut to is a musician. 
who's a musician named, let me see if I can find his name. Larry. Larry, that's it. No, is it Larry? Larry's a musician. Okay, it, it is Larry. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, this this scene really has nothing to do, it really seems really has nothing to do with anything going on, but we, we find a musician named Larry. That's really all, that's really all this scene does. Yeah. Moving on, going back to Stu, the, in, the interesting stuff. Uh, we find out that this virus is, yeah, it's killing everybody, everybody that was around this, everyone was around that guy when he died, uh, has gotten sick and passed away, except for Stu, who isn't sick at all, and no one can, fig- can really figure out why. Yeah, it's just that they know that people are dropping by the wayside, but somehow Gary Sinise's character, uh, Redman, just stays pretty much un, unhinged by all this. We then meet. We then go into meet our next crop of characters, uh, Fran, by Molly Ringwald, and her dad, Doctor Bob Kelso from Scrubs. Oh, and uh, crap! What the fuck? What the fuck is this guy's name? There's so many characters. I can't. It, ner- oh, you're talking guy. about nerdy the, guy with glasses. Uh, the, sto- the, sto- the stalker. Uh, Mister Friendzone. What's his name? Oh, that's Harold. Harold, that's him. Yep. Uh, just, just to you know, to keep to keep, to keep us caught up. Uh, Joven Adepo, who started in Overlord last year, he's gonna, he's going to play Larry in the new series. Uh, okay. O- Odessa Young from uh, I think you saw Assassination Nation, right? Yeah, I love that. that that's a really, really yeah. Good o- film. Odessa Young is going to play Fran in the, in the new series. Okay. And Harold will be played by Owen Teague. You may not recognize the name, but he played Patrick. In uh, he played Patrick in the 2017 It. Patrick. Okay. Yeah. So Steve, Stephen King recast from Stephen King. <laughs> so yeah, we uh, we meet we meet Harold and Fran, and Harold Harold's getting friend zoned hard. I mean, like hardcore. Not, not as um, hard as he would in the next episode. That one is hilarious, but. No, but it's it's super weird. We'll talk about. It. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, um, it is, but it's like because, the way he looked. He looked like. He's got like the dorky haircut, the glasses, got the pimples. Ah, I'm a published poet now. <laughs> it's like, dude, yeah, I'm what, a, I'm what's his brother shuffling a jobbing? What's his, what's his <laughs> brother shuffling a jobbing and shit? It's like, dude, your your friends are hardcore, man. Not gonna happen. Uh, but, but oh, it's it it's really not gonna happen in the next one. We'll get. I can't wait to can talk we, about that. Can we just talk about how bad Molly Ringwald's acting is in this whole entire thing? Yeah, it's not great. Uh, it, it, it's it's good. She has one really good scene in the next episode, but. Yeah, it's but not it gets great. so bad, man. I, it I gets will say, really bad. for 1994, she looks. She still looks great. <laughs> oh no, for sure. I think she looks. I think she looks really good. But I'm just saying, uh, acting wise, man, some of this stuff is not very good. No, some some of the acting in this series is just. Uh, we'll, it's rough. We, we still haven't gotten to the worst of it yet, but. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get there. But yeah, she has a, a pretty nice moment with her dad. You find out that she has this boyfriend who. Apparently, I'm not, not coming around anymore. You don't know why. You, 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 and you won't know why until episode three. Uh, but, you know, I, I think she I think she does her best acting opposite her father. I don't know if you agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's unfortunate, obviously, that it doesn't last very long. But, yeah, the, 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 good, the good scenes are with her and her dad. And they're having a tender moment, which pretty much means one of them is a gunner. And, you know, Dr. Bob Kelso starts coughing. So you're like, oh, okay, you're dead. <laughs> got that cough going. We then cut back to Stu in the medical facility where we see the, the government are experimenting on him wearing the dumbest looking suits I've ever seen. Uh, they look so bad. They look they look like stay they look like stay puff and gumby had a kid. Yeah. It's just like re- like really this is this is the this is the best United States technology the United States government money could afford. Yeah. They were on a 
apparently we're on a uh, budget in 94. I don't know. Yeah, but, like, it's funny because this is a weird scene because, like, Stu freaks out this one nurse poking him. He's like, I want to talk to a goddamn, I want to talk to a goddamn, you know, doctor. I want to talk to a goddamn doctor. Then a yeah. goddamn doctor comes in and is like, get the fuck, get the hell out of here. I'm just like, okay, you just, you just called for a doctor. A doctor comes in and you're just like, you know what, get out of here. Done. Gary, C- Gary Sinise has shown his bitter uh, Forrest Gump uh, side. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This was the same year as Forrest Gump. Too, same year. Yeah. yeah. Then you got, yeah, then you got to think about it. Then he had, what, uh, Paul thirteen a year after. It was, this was the up, this is the upswing for Sinise. It was the upswing. It was the upswing for Sinise. The Gary Sinise sons. Yep, the Sinise sons. It was only, it was only to, uh, it, was, it was only right until, uh, you know, he, it, it stopped until he got uh, NCIS New York, I think. It was or, like, or I was going to CSI, CSI New York. CSI yeah. New York, not NCIS. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know what I was talking about. I knew what you, I knew what you were talking about. Uh, but anyway, we cut to Arkansas. We're pretty much going to every other state except Maine. Uh, as, we, as we meet our next character, Nick, played by Rob Lowe, who for some reason uh, is getting jumped. For no, not for some reason, for no reason. It's for literally less, less of a reason every time we see him. I know where you're going with this. <laughs> it's, it's, okay, this is, this is fucking weird because... Like the intro to this character is bizarre because like there's there's three guys just for no reason just sitting in the bushes waiting for this one guy to walk by so they can beat him up. They just they just beat him up and it's like they stand out their presence super loudly. They're just like get him and like Robbo's not turning around like what the hell's going on? <laughs> we can't hear you. Yeah, we, we we don't find out until later seeing that Robbo at, at he's deaf. <laughs> And I guess that's the reason they're jumping. We, they never get, we never get a clear reason as to why these guys are attacking him, but we get yeah, what seriously. is we get a running theme, in the, something that's a running theme in the show. The worst choreographed fights I've ever seen in my life. Oh, they're really bad. They're really bad. Like, anytime characters yeah. are getting into a physical altercation, it is the worst thing possible. Yeah, it's like Rob Lowe's character, uh, Andros, uh, really like one of the nicest guys, man. Yeah, but like, like, why, why is he getting beat up? But anyway, we, we cut to we cut to a dream in the next scene where Roblo's character this must, must been the, this must have been the easiest fucking paycheck Roblo's ever gotten in his life because all he got to do is walk yeah. around and not say shit for write five, things for five on a hours. piece of uh, notepad, piece of paper. Yeah. But like this, this is like one of two scenes in the entire series where he gets to speak. And yeah, so he meet, he meets uh, one of the main characters of this show, maybe my favorite character the entire thing, Mother Abigail, played by Ruby D. Pretty much tells him he has to go to. Where is she? Is she in, she in Arkansas? Is she in Tennessee? She's in, isn't she in? I thought she was in Boulder. No, no, no. They they go to Boulder. They meet up at this one place and they go to Boulder. Oh wait a minute! They have to meet up in. Is it Nebraska? I think it's Nebraska. It might be because I, I I have notes from part two where it says about Larry. Um, he talks about going to Nebraska because he's having dreams. And okay, that's probably that's probably right. it's probably okay. Nebraska. The only thing that makes sense, yeah. yeah. I think it's Nebraska. Yeah, so pretty much like the, pretty much like she sees a vision, and he has to go, and he wakes up in jail. So I'm just like, wait, did he get arrested? Like, what kind of what kind of world is this where you get beat up and you get arrested? Yeah, seriously. It turns out he's not arrested. He's just he's just being kept there. Uh, so he has to kind of describe the, <laughs> he has to describe the guy who jumped him, and one of them was wearing a ring. That I think the sheriff or whatever he he has the exact same ring. 
And I wrote this yeah. line down, just like, oh, that's well, there's only one other guy in town with that ring. I'm like, you think you, you you think you'd take that off when he was jumping somebody? Yeah. <laughs> you know. And you think people would randomly know that though too? That's crazy. Yeah. Not only is he the only other guy in town with this ring, but he's by the series' own fucking words, the resident bad boy. <laughs> Seriously, he is the he is the resident bad boy. Of the time. I'm just like, <laughs> like well, what are the odds of that? Is, are are there like a like how do you figure out your resident bad boy? Are there like elections? Yeah. Like are are, are 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 there are there elections? Are there like do you run for do you run for that office? This guy's been in trouble with the law. He's a bad boy. I'm just like okay, sure, whatever. Uh, but anyway, we we cut but we cut back to Stu at this point as he very casually finds out that all his friends are dead. Yeah, they tell him in the most like casual way. Oh yeah, all your all your gas friends are dead, and they like and they expect him to like not. To, to like react just calmly. It's like, what do you think, what do you think was going to happen, boy? Uh, but, anyways, they, uh, yeah, they pretty much just tell, tell what we already know. It's like, hey, everyone else is getting sick except you. You're fine. He does a little fake out for no reason. I'm just like, okay, yeah, brother, this is not, this is not the time to be doing this shit. Yeah, it was funny. He's trying to fake being sick. I'm going to get you all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just kidding. Just messing with you. But we cut back to New York where we cut back to Larry, who, it's kind of been absent for the, for, for most of this, <laughs> as we find out that he has, he apparently has a really successful record, but is somehow still in debt. And I love it. It's such a successful record that he has his license plate name after it. Yeah, but like also like if your record that because like is it like it's like Billboard top like fifty or like top ten or something like really or something really yeah. good. Yeah, so you should be making some money, man. Yeah, I'm just like if you if your record's doing that well and you're and you're still broke, your your agent's screwing you over, dude. You need to fire him. Because what did he say? He was like in forty grand, I think. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, there's something there's something. No, you're no, you're right. He, it was forty grand. Yeah, because he goes the, he goes the mommy to try to get the money. Uh, you also meet uh, what I think <laughs> character who usually steals every scene he's in, Ratman. The Rat Man. <laughs> it's like he's supposed to do. He's like, no, I'm supposed to, no, I'm supposed to the Rat Man. Into the Rat Man. I'm like, yeah. oh god, please, please. I, I, I would watch a whole show about that guy. Yeah. Like, oh shit. <laughs> luckily, luckily, that's not the last we see of him. We also get a random ass cameo from Kareem Abdul Jabbar of all people. Yes, right there at the. Yep. Yeah, he plays this. He plays this really. You play this like really tall guy, one of people up the end. I'm just like, wait, what is that? Kareem? Is that Kareem? What are you doing here? Uh, so uh, regardless, we then cut to a new crop of characters: Miguel Ferrer and some other some other guy. Uh, Miguel Ferrer plays Lloyd Henry, who this is a this is a weird little bit. You know who's gonna play his character in in the, in the new series? Uh Nat Wolf. Really? Yeah, I'm like that. That's a weird jump to go from Miguel Ferrer to Nat Wolf. Seriously, Lo- Lloyd from Good Old Blank Check. I always remember him from Blank Check. Was he in Blank Check? Yeah, he was the. I think he was the bad guy in Blank Check. Oh, Miguel Ferrer. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was thinking Nat Wolf. Like Nat Wolf was in Blank Check. Was wasn't he? Like, wasn't no, that three at the time? No, no, no. Lloyd. I'm pretty sure it wasn't Lloyd in Blank Check. No, I think no. He was. He was. Yeah, I always remember him from there. But Don't yeah, ask me why. We see that him. We see that him and his buddy are the dumbest robbers in in television. Because they're literally, it's like, 
nobody fucking move. And as soon as they said that, they start shooting everything. <laughs> Not even bothering to check if there's anybody else there. Oh, what do you know? A Texas Ranger just happens to be there at the same time. Uh, perfect timing. These yeah, guys so, are the worst criminals. Yeah, so his his homie gets shot, and as a as a way to kind of su- as a way to kind of distract the cop, he throws his gun at him. Yeah, he's like here, pistol whip, pistol whip. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 like the it's like the pocket saying from from King of the Hill. Yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, Lloyd get Lloyd gets arrest Lloyd gets arrested as he sees uh. You see something that's been popping up all over this show, which is a a giant is a crow or a raven? I think it's a crow. It's a crow. I think it's a crow. Regardless, a big ass black bird. It's a black bird. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that, that that's something that's been popping up all over this show. Uh, yeah. We also so we, we obviously know it's something. Yeah, we also know that uh, this disease is becoming way, way, way more more widespread. Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, it, it, they are not having a good time on this show, Russell. Not having a good time. They are not. This is modern day Oregon Trail, man. <laughs> not good. Uh, yeah, you you had you had dysentery. Yes, uh, your your shit's been stolen by bandits at the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, cut back to uh, cut back to Nick, where uh, the three guys who don't have apparently been arrested, and. He, and they're still talking shit to him. We're just like, but the yeah, way, I mean, it's the like, way let it but go. the way they're talking to him, I do the way they're talking to him. We're just like, oh, you like that pretty boy? I'm just like, is that why you jumped him? Because he's pretty. I like, mean, dude, like this guy, like has done nothing but try to be nice to you guys. He he's got he got you burgers, he got you fries, yeah. he got you a shake that you, you got throw on the wall that you just threw out him for no reason. Well, thanks a lot, Dick. Well, thanks a lot, Dick. And now you got to clean it. Yeah, the hell with you. I'm gonna throw this milkshake. Uh, but yeah, so they pretty, much, they pretty much decide to let him out for whatever reason. I get the sheriff. There's something wrong with the sheriff. So by proxy, I guess Nick is in charge. Not not exactly sure how that works, but okay, whatever. Yeah, we'll go with it. We'll go with it. Uh, so <laughs> it's it's funny. They're just like, it's like now if I let you out, you promise you're not gonna mess with Nick? Oh, oh yeah, so we pro- we promise. We promise. Gets out and immediately gets in his fucking face. It's like you liar. <laughs> I'm not, I learned not to trust you. Okay, off you go. Fuck. Okay. Uh, so, anyways, they, they cut off. It's also it shows. It looks like Nick's also not showing any signs of getting sick because one of one of uh, the resident bad boys homies. He he's got he's got the flu. He's got that bug. Which pretty much the pretty much is the way you figure out this. The way that you see this works, you get a bad cough, and then a fever, then a bad case of dermatitis, and then you die. Yep. There's, it's, it goes from 0 to 180 real quick. Real quick. Uh, the, the, the musician guy, Larry, his, if we, see that, if we see that his mom dies. And, uh, again, really, the, the emotional moments are, they're, they come at really, really random times. We also see yeah. that Vegas, or, no, I'm sorry, this is New York. New York has just fall has fallen in a record amount of time. Like, yeah, pe- like people haven't quick. even been sick for two hours, and already there's looting. People got guns. Like it's it, like it it fell. This place fell in a matter of hours, which is Super incredible quick. to me. Yeah, seriously, like that, especially that, with that many people. In yeah, because that just, that just does not happen. No. 
so, yeah, so uh, we cut back to uh, the go- the government homies, and we find out that Ed Harris could not take us anymore, and he shoots himself in the head. Which, watching this, I thought Ed Harris was going to be like a major role. So I was re- I was really surprised <laughs> when he killed himself. So did I. Yeah, I was like, uh, one episode, that's it? Yeah, I'm like, wow. Damn. Okay. Yeah, and this is and this is the point where Ed Harris was he he was he was a name at this point because he already done like needful things. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so it's like <laughs> he looks at his knees and is like it's okay, buddy. I'll, I'll I'll see you again in Apollo thirteen. He also did the classic milk money right around there. I think he did, too. He did. <laughs> he did. Yeah. Well, because uh, I think milk money was what ninety three. Uh, something like that. Ninety four. Ninety four ish. Ninety three, I think. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, we cut back to. Uh, Nick, who the guy who was helping him in the sheriff, he he's he's died, and the bully right behind, and the bully, the resident bad boy, is right behind him, who was still insists on trying to call to call for, him, even though he knows he can't fucking hear him. Yeah, it's just it's it, it's. I want to know what Nick did. It was so bad. Yeah, so it's this, like, guy what, got, this, this guy got himself a grudge. Yeah, but rather than I don't know fuck I don't know fucking standing and shooting him. Like any, like a normal fucking person, he decides to creep yeah. up on him, <laughs> get into <laughs> another poorly choreographed fight. Again, you're gonna see a lot of these throughout the show. This guy's an asshole using the, using his disability. I'm like, <laughs> but like, you know, <laughs> it's like, it's like, dude, it's like, dude, we know he's dead. We ain't gonna hear you, dude. We know, we know he's dead. Use it to your advantage, <laughs> goddammit. Oh shit. Oh. Uh, but yeah, so. uh... <laughs> So, uh, surprise, surprise, you, he, surprise, surprise, the deaf guy gets to jump on him. Not looking sure how that works, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> and he wrestles away the gun and shoots him. So, yeah. uh, yeah, uh, yeah, you're the easiest fucking prey you could have had got away from you. Uh, we also see that Molly Ringwald's father, uh, we also see that he is confirmed he is sick. And, uh, Kathy Bates on the radio. Again, another, another random ass cameo. Yeah. Uh, we find out that this is going over all. This is going on all over America, and yeah, people like like we already saw. People are t- turning to looting, then people are turning to looting and crime, and someone breaks into the studio and kills Kathy Bates. Really, yeah, really, really short rule. Because why not? Yeah, that's Annie Wilkes, man. That's Annie Wilkes. We can't we can't have her being more more than one Stephen King thing. <laughs> we don't want her to win another. Well, actually, she probably win an Emmy on that one. It's TV. I don't think she has an Emmy. I, I I don't think she she might. I can't remember. I don't think she does now. I don't think she does. But we also get a silhouette of what will be. We don't we don't really get a full introduction, but we do get our. We do, we do get our you know kind of introduction to what is going to be our main our main villain, Randall Flagg. Don't really know what he's about, but we do know he's a, he's a, <laughs> we do know. The, the, He's a tough talker, big walker, and he's and he has got a mullet for days. Dude, I, I still think when I messaged you that I, he looks like literally that live action Beauty and the Beast. He'd be like, he played the perfect beast. Yeah, he could, he could with actually. that hair with that hair. He no, could because who played? Oh, watch McCullough play with Linda Hamilton. Oh, um, Ron, Ron Perlman. Perlman did, yeah. So he he'd have been a perfect cast for him with that with that hair with that hair with that haircut. Hell yeah. Haircut for days, man. Uh, but we cut, we cut, we cut back to Stu, who has woken up on the set of Children of the Corn, as he also gets a vision from Mother Abigail, who uh, again telling him to go to Nebraska. Which, yeah, I guess, that, I guess that's the meeting point. I don't know why, because there's not, there's not Dick in Nebraska, 
Again, we get a lame-ass jump scare, and he wakes up to find that everyone in the facility is dead, except for this one, except for the one doctor we was talking to earlier, mm-hmm. who somehow got a gun. But like, you see the way he's holding it. It's just like, okay, anybody who holds a gun like the like that is not going to shoot you. No, he's uh, he's harmless. No, he's harmless. But I do like the line he had. I can't remember what it was. I have it written down here. Oh yeah, <laughs> so. Oh, and also, oh, and also, right in the flight kills Kareem. No, yeah, what the hell? <laughs> uh, but the line he gives him is like, "Why do I have to die when a chicken fried piece of crap like you gets to live?" <laughs> yeah, the shit talking in this, the one liners in this film, in this in this miniseries are awful. By the way, oh yeah, they no, stay it's... they stay with you though. Stephen King wrote the script for all four episodes, and it clearly shows. Oh, uh, it's it's yeah, it's really it's really bad. But anyways, uh, it, Stu, Stu beats the Stu beats the doctor. We have a scene that I'm fairly positive inspired the pilot for The Walking Dead. <laughs> so, we have the 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 line. He meets a guy on the stairs, which I, this is the most random fucking line. It says, "Come eat chicken with me, beautiful. It's so dark." I'm like, yeah, it's like, what does that like, even what? mean? It's like you're scary. Yeah, that, that's the scariest line we've heard all day. Stay, stay, you stay away from me. It gets weirder though. There's, yeah, we'll talk about it at the at the fourth episode. Super, it gets super uncomfortable. Yeah, it does. But so Stu Stu walks out of walks out of the facility, and he realizes he's got to. You know, <laughs> I'm not doing anything else. May as well go to. May as well go to. Uh, where is it? Nebraska. Sure, I heard they have corn there. Let's go. They got, they got, they got corn. Corn for days. Corn for days. Uh, so we now cut. So that ends. This brings me in episode one. We now go to episode two, the dreams. Uh, this actually starts off with a pretty well, with a pretty well, uh, you know, well executed death scene because uh, Doctor Bob Kelso has passed away, and so mm-hmm. it's Molly, it's Molly Ringwald. I think this is the best action she does throughout the entire series. What's another good moment with her dad trying to say goodbye? I think is this where she's sewing up the the sheets? Yes. Yeah, where she's sewing up the sheets to pretty much, you know, try to cover her father up. Her father's, you know, obviously died, and now she just kind of wants to have that moment with her dad because we do see a relationship with them from the first uh, episode that they they were very close, you know. Right. So. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so uh, we cut to. <laughs> guess 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 who's back in the picture. Harold comes back. He's like, whoop, 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 whoop. Hey, friend, Francine, I'm gonna. Uh, is your dad dead? I'm sorry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you carry your dad's lifeless body down the stairs. <laughs> but yeah, they go. They. Um, uh, she's also been having dreams of uh, going, you know, going. Actually, no, they haven't had dreams yet. They're what they are going to. They're going to like a CDC center in like Connecticut. Like Connecticut, yeah, yeah. Connecticut. That's where it is. Yeah. Uh, so they tr- they try and get there, but what ends up happening? What ends up happening is, oh, well, they have a conversation about getting there. But Harold <laughs> he tries to make a move on her, but th- this is the scene where he gets friend zone quick because just like he's like we might be the last people on earth. It's just like Harold, you know, I'll, you'll always be my best friend, right? I'm just like, God damn. It's like okay, so Harold, we have to process this. Okay, you just got friend zone. It's not a good feeling. Like, homie, but you just have to kind of accept that she's not into you. Like homie, that. you are you are literally the last man on earth, and she still won't sleep with you. What does that tell you? Yeah, there's something going on. There's some, there's some, there's something ain't right. 
Uh, but yeah, just just give, just give up, homie. Give up. <laughs> yeah, bro. It's it's not. It ain't worth it. It 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 ain't it ain't going. Go get yourself a Nadine. <laughs> oh well, yeah, we'll get to Nadine in a second. <laughs> Actually, I think we get to Nadine right now because we go back to Larry, who's walking around yeah. New York, and we see not not even the horse survived this plague. Even the nope. even, even he even they got sick. And yeah, we meet uh we meet I guess one of the main females, Nadine. Played in this series played in this series by who is this? Uh Laura San Giacomo. She was on Sex Lives and Video She's a pretty woman. Uh she was on she was on Just Shoot Me. She's been she's been a lot of she's been on a lot of uh a lot of stuff. TV, TV. Yeah, a lot, lot of TV stuff. Lot, right? A lot of TV stuff. Right? I think, yeah. I, and matter of fact, I think the guy. I think the guy who plays Harold. Well, I think. I think he was Parker Lewis on Parker Lewis Can't Lose, if I'm not mistaken. But I think they here nor there. Uh, the role of Nadine, the new one, will actually be played by uh, crap, what's her name? Amber. Who's Johnny? Who's Johnny Depp's ex-wife? Amber Heard. Amber Heard. Amber Heard. Yes, Amber Heard will be playing this role in the in the new series. But yeah, as the uh, the last living boy and last living girl in New York, they decide to you know kind of partner up and go off, which uh, they do what any logical people would do. If they were lost two people in New York, uh, hit a hit up a town. Absolutely. Go find go find a nice steak and a nice restaurant. Uh, yeah, just 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 go just go and do everything you can. Although. We find out that Nadine has not been having the same dream as everyone else. She's been dreaming of some of the opposite figure of uh, everybody else, the evil one, which we find mullet out is man. Mullet, mullet man. That's, that's what we're mullet called. Man. That's what we're gonna call from now on. Mullet man. She's been dreaming of the mullet. Mullet man. man. The mullet man prophecies. <laughs> I'd watch that movie. Uh, but we <laughs> sure. also we also see that Lloyd's not having a not having an easy time because he is in the worst place you could be when this plague strikes. He is in jail. Seriously. And there's nobody there to let him out. There, yeah, there's nobody to get him out. Except Master Splinter under his pillow. Oh, yeah. Ma- uh, poor Master Splinter. You saved the uh, world. Yeah. You, saved, you, you didn't save the world in Endgame for this kind of disrespect. No, there's no need for that kind of stuff, man. Uh, we also get into it to another character, uh, Trash Man. I know that sounds mean. I know that sounds like you're making this up, but no, that, that's actually that's they, his character They now. literally call him Trash Man. Who... Maybe psychic? I don't know. He he's the only character who hears voices in his head. Like if if it is he's psychic, constantly talking to himself. If it, if he yeah. is psychic, it'll be fitting because you know it's Stephen King, and that's what trouble he uses in goddamn everything. Yeah, it would make sense. I mean, you could tell there's something wrong with the guy, but he he does pledge his loyalty. Yeah, he also to, blows uh, up. He also yeah. blows up this rig for fucking. Well, first of all, he falls down the stairs like a goddamn cartoon. Then he blows up this rig for no reason. That's what I was wondering. I'm like, he's, it was, was it a water tower? No, I think it was. I think it was like an oil. I think it was like filled like. Or corn it was or oil. Something. It was oil. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. But he puts. Yeah, you see him put like dynamite in there, and then he randomly like has an alarm clock. Like it literally looks like something you'd see on Bugs Bunny and or the Road Runner and. Uh, yeah, Coyote. Wally Coyote. Yeah, like, what was the point some kind of, of shit. Now play. Yeah, play, playing this role in the new one will be. <laughs> I can't wait to do this. Will be none other than Marilyn Manson. That makes sense. Yeah, okay. Makes a, makes a whole lot of sense. But yeah, he's I like, think Alan Arkin would have been really good in that too. Oh, nah, <clears> he's 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 too old. Younger Alan Arkin would have done it, but Alan Arkin right now. No, is I'm too saying old. yeah, Alan Arkin because I that that's what I would have. Yeah. Try to try to walk up the steps. I can do. It. I can do. It. Oh, oh shit! <laughs> Broke my hip. Broke my hip. Oh God! Help! 
I'll go fuck I broke my, I'll go fuck broke, my da- <laughs> broke my damn hip. Uh, but yeah, he is also seeing visions of mullet, of mullet man. He's one of his followers. You're kind of you're kind of figuring out that you know the the good people are seeing visions of Mother Abigail, while the bad people are seeing visions of mullet man. We also get our our uh, full introduction to Mother Abigail, not in a dream, in real life. She is she is in fact real. She is a real person. Yes. Uh, as we as we see her, and honestly, like this is probably my favorite character introduction at up to this point. This is my favorite ca- character introduction of the entire show. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, like, I mean, because she has a lot more. There's a lot more surrounding her character, though. You know what I mean? There's also a lot of grav- right. there's also a lot of gravitas to her character. She plays it really well, and like this, this whole scene, she's acting opposite really nothing, but she's really yeah. she's really like commanding the screen and playing this role in the new one. It's going to be Whoopi Goldberg, which I think is really exciting. Which I could see, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, kind of how you said, yeah, she's playing off of nobody, and on top of it, this is for this is a TV miniseries too, you know what I mean? And yeah, so that does that. Kudos to her for you know her, her role in this. Yeah, for bring, for bringing this bringing this kind of gravitas and bringing this kind of like, yeah, seriously. I think this is a I think it's actually a really great performance. This is the, we, we say most of the acting is pretty bad. She's like consistently really great. No, she. You get the same thing from her, like throughout the whole entire series. You get the same thing from her, and I would say probably Sinise. I would say probably Sinise the is pretty two good. That, the the, ac- the not, accent's a little wonky, but the the act, yeah, the accent's a little wonky. But I would say like acting wise, though, those are the two. Yeah, um, yeah. You, you also you, she's also seeing uh, visions of visions of Mullet Man, who she beats by the power of song. And it, yeah, like but, Mullet Man's powers do not seem to work on Mother Abigail. Yeah, uh, so that really hurts his achy, breaky heart. <laughs> uh, but we also get we also get uh you know we also get the full right after that, and we get the full introduction to Mullet Man, who we find out to be yes Randall Flagg, played by Jeremy Jeremy Irvine, I think is his name. Yeah, perfect. Sheridan, like Jeremy, perfect... Oh, Jamie Sheridan, not Jeremy Irvine. He would be a perfect like '90s villain in a film, though. No, you know what would. I mean? He he looks like I'm not sure. It, it, it's like he was really inspired by Mel Gibson in the Lethal Weapon movies, because yeah, look, Murdoch. Yeah, he's wearing all he's wearing all denim. He's got the mold. I'm just like, okay, well, look. The idea he of your got character, his cowboy boots. The idea yeah. of your character is scary as hell. But yeah. God, it's 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 that haircut. Like you need you need to fix that. I'm t- I'm telling you, dude, it's it's the beast. I mean, flat out. That's, no, I, is, I keep up. getting shades of the beast, man. Yeah. Now this role in the new one will be played by Alexander Skarsgård, who I think is a great casting choice. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, and look, despite the fact that he looks utterly ridiculous, the act the acting is the, he's another one. The acting is there, and the writing is there for him. Like it, this is a really, really solid introduction to this character. He goes to meet Lloyd in jail, and he ends up being the one to let him out. Alex Skarsgård would be a good um, a good fit for that, just because of uh, the remake of Straw Dogs, how ruthless he was. Yeah, and like he's a really yeah. Like, Skarsgård's really good at playing sinister, so I think he can. I think he can do a lot with this role. I'm really excited to see what I, he brings I, to the I table. Do. I do. I do like that, that casting for for him. Yeah. So uh, he's also got attention with this with this magic black rock, which could apparently turn into anything. So he uses to turn to a key to let Lloyd out in exchange for his his servitude. Yeah, his loyalty or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, we cut we cut back to uh, Larry and Nadine for a scene that's actually a really good setup. Uh, so the so the setup <coughs> so the setup is they have to go through the Lincoln Tunnel, which is blocked and there's no lights in there. 
So as far as like a horror horror thing goes, you can really do you can really do a lot with this. Yeah, you absolutely can. Yeah, so I'm excited to see what they do with the you know with the new one. Especially with just that claustrophobic feeling in there, that darkness you can't see out. Of, I mean, yeah, that'll be kind of cool to, to to see how they do all this kind of type of stuff, though. A lot to work with. No, yeah, there's there 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 is a lot to work with with uh, with a setup like this. So Nadine's just yeah. like, nah, but Larry goes in and is like, okay, we got to get out of here. Uh, so, uh, so he goes in, he hears voices, and he's just like. Uh, he's like, oh god, yeah. Like scenes like it's actually a really well done scene for the time. It's not particularly scary. I feel like they can do. I feel like this is something you can really improve on with like modern day filmmaking techniques. For sure, because you only had so much to work with. Obviously, they, they had to keep it TV friendly. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I feel like you know, pretty much you know, sky's the limit now for you know a, a motion picture. You can do whatever you want with it. Obviously, it's going to be a rated R type film. You know. You can go from zero to one eighty, do whatever you want. So I think, I think that, or not, a, but they're they're bringing it to what Cinemax? You said right? No, uh, CBS All Access or CBS Less. So uh, is that still going to be kind of like? Uh, how does that work? Is that still going to be like? Uh, adult, still... I, think, I think it's going to be more adult oriented. Okay, okay. So I mean, obviously, we see what they do with American Horror Story. I think you can get away with a little bit more now, obviously, in twenty nineteen. Um, so it'll be kind of cool to see what they do with this. No, absolutely, and yeah, like the the scene that it's it's actually like a really like tense kind of scene, and it gets diffused when Nadine ends up going in, but she's kind of just like she's kind of just like tr- I'm trying to think of the word petrified. It's uh, petrified's a good word to think of. Uh, yeah, she's petrified, but Larry goes and finds her, and they get out, and yeah, they make it out. They make it out of New York, and yeah, they're they're going forward to the south. All on the road again. <laughs> Cue your southern music. Cue your southern. <laughs> cue your southern music. Southern. Uh, so yeah, they get out, they get out of the tunnel, uh, and then we cut back to Stu. I think this is the first time we see him in this episode. Uh, as uh, he is getting away from the medical medical facility, he meets the character. Fuck, what is his name? Which one is this? Wait, the one Glenn, that Stu Glenn, meets. Glenn. Glenn. Played by Ray Walston, who who actually was directed. A few years earlier, Bison East in a Mice and Men. He was in that movie. Oh wait, Glenn's the older guy, right? Yes, he's the old guy. Okay, yeah. There's so many. There's so many characters in this, in this thing. Yes, yes. And he's actually directed this guy, but yeah, uh, Glenn's kind of like the old, the older, the older gentleman. But anyway, but no, enough of that shit. We cut back to Nadine and Larry getting it on, or at least getting it on for TV. Uh, yes. Oh boy! Yeah. So uh, he's, just, but like, right before they go, Nadine's just like, "Stop! I'm saving myself." I'm just like, "Oh yeah, this is that's gonna work out great." Yeah, she wants to save herself for the mullet man. For for mullet for mullet man. Uh, for the mullet man. Uh, but uh, Larry, Larry go, they both go to sleep. Larry once again dreams about his children, the corn fantasies. As I th- this is this was his signal. I I, I miss I misspoke. He didn't he didn't know to go to the south right now. This is him finding out he needs to go to Arkansas. Okay. Which every character finds out via dream sequence, except for I think except for Molly Ringwald. Because we, ne- we never yeah she never we never see never her dream of the cornfield. Yeah. No, that's because yeah she's busy bad acting. <laughs> yeah, and, and we see like we see the opposite. We see like Larry and. Uh, Nadine are, comp- are on completely different sides. So Nadine in the morning, 
she, I would say she hits it and quits it, but she she doesn't even hit it. She just quits. Uh, how funny is that note, though? If I would have stayed, we pro- we would have done it. Oh yeah, that's what it yeah. says. It's like really talk about blue balls from the poor guy, man. Oh boy, she's <laughs> looking like bitch. But, like seriously, like we would have done it. Why couldn't she stay, girl? Like it's like look, I'm, I'm sure Mullet Man wouldn't have minded. Seriously. Jeez, yeah. So it, it, she pretty much writes out that they totally would have had sex if she stayed. That brother, that brother's mad too. He's like, shit. It's like great. Uh, anyway, yeah, we, we go. We go down to Nick where he sees a town full of mannequins. Oddly, not the weirdest thing we could have seen in this movie. No. Uh, as we meet the next, as we meet the next character, uh, Lenny from Of Mice and Men. I'm car. What, what's his actual name? Tom. Played by Bill Fat. Fagerbake, I swear, I swear to God, I'm not making it. That's his actual name. Tom, that, he's the guy from Coach. Yeah, the, he, he's the guy from Coach. He's Patrick on, M-O- on SpongeBob. M O O N. M O M O N. Oh, Tom. <laughs> Call him Tommy Moon. Yeah, he's a, he's a. What's the nice way to What's the nice way to say this? He's he's, he's slow. He's slow. Yeah, that's a nice way to put this. Uh, you can tell you can tell this was made in the '90s because this was uh this was actually they actually use uh the R word in the show. Yeah. Which you absolutely would would never use now. You know, you would never. No, you, you would never not use that hear now. them say that in this new show. It'd be like more like mentally handicapped or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Unless they're doing it to actually like be mean, but yeah, uh, yeah. This is actually this this is actually a kind of nice pairing. The two of them, they they have a good they have a good little dynamic. Even though you know one can't talk. I like talk. their friendship. Yeah, one yeah. like Nick can't talk. He can only write, but Tom can't read. <laughs> And plus, because I think he only learned at the third grade level, so he he really isn't very intelligent. He can't read. He doesn't like know. Obviously, he spells everything moon. That's why we were like joking around. Oh, I still think it. I think it's still. I still think it's funny. Although I, I, I swear, this guy this guy was the prototype for John Coffee in in the Green Mile. Absolutely, absolutely, could very well be. Um, but I think Tom is probably one of my favorite characters just because of the innocence of him. Um, he, he, he wants to do good. I think he just, you know, I, and I love the, re- I love the relationship with him and Nick. Yeah. That, that, that's done. That's done really well. Yeah. Uh, again, more, more, more corn, more cornfield dreams. Sinise, Sinise wakes up and, uh, this is where they meet the care. This is where they meet, uh, Ringwald and, uh, and friend zone and fr- yeah, R- Ringwald and Mr. Friend zone who I, but I remember watching this. I was confused as hell. I was like, "Wait, weren't you in Texas? How did you? How did you? How did you guys meet?" But uh, yeah, I remember. Oh yeah, you were you were taken to the the facility in upstate Connecticut. So yeah, and it's it's one of those things where it's like, and I even told you, I'm like, boy, I feel like we 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 move around the United States so quickly. Um, every scene almost begins with a date, which I don't know why. I I understand why, but who's really going to compartmentalize and keep that in their head. Oh, this is oh, August 13th. Oh, okay, June 5th. Okay. You know what I mean? There's a lot of bouncing around. Yeah, we uh, see that Harold apparently got God's fashion type from uh, leather from leather bars weekly because you see what the fuck he's wearing. Yes. I'm just like no self-respecting biker <laughs> would would be caught dead wearing this shit. No, this is a there's a reason you're in the friend zone, friend. There's a there's a there's a there's a reason you there's a reason you're not getting it, even though you you yeah. were perceived to be the last man on earth. Yeah, and still got denied. And still got denied. Uh but yeah, so they are 
you know, he tells him like, "We're gonna, we're, we're gonna go to this facility in Connecticut." He's like, "Hey, Garrison," he's still like, "Hey, yo, I just got back from there. There's nothing there." Yeah, we're gonna go there anyways. <laughs> yeah, so they 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 end up go they end up going, and we see Garrison needs to do his best impression of Arnold the Terminator because he's yes. he's straight up dressed like a Terminator. And yeah, Harold is like, "Okay, all right, you're right. Let's go down south." Because <laughs> nothing else makes sense. Uh, after that, we go back to uh, Larry and Tom, where we meet. I think talk about bad acting. This character, oh my god, <laughs> I can't remember her name, but she she's the crazy the crazy chick they meet in that one. Oh, town. the crazy chick that hate that that uh, flirts with Nick. Yes. Uh what is her name? Oh man, she's the one character's name I can't remember. That's not Nadine. No. Uh, is it? Uh, yeah, you, you look it up. You, said, you think you think her name is Julie, isn't it? I think Julie. Yeah, because there's another girl named Dana, but Dana's the one near the end of the film. So I think it's Julie. I think you're right. Okay, so yeah, we're gonna we're, even if it's not Julie, we're we're gonna say she's Julie. That's fun. Okay, so uh, Julie tries to hit up on Nick, but like any any guy ever in history, he learned not to stick his dick in crazy. <laughs> <laughs> You you don't have to hear to recognize crazy. You do not have. That's true. He can't even hear. <laughs> that's true. He can't. He doesn't uh, have to hear to he, recognize. He can't, he can't even hear, hear crazy. He just knows. He, he just he has a he has a crazy he has a crazy meter. Oh God. But there yes, you have it. Yeah. So he go, he goes. I, I can't remember. He go back. He goes into the store because uh, what's his face? Tom is Tom is not feeling well, so he goes to get some Pepto. Uh, and you don't, you don't see the label, but it's it's clearly Pepto. Yeah, it's it's pink. It's it's Pepto. <laughs> any any pink medicine ever is Pepto. Uh, so he goes he goes in, but he you know he struggles getting Tom to take his medicine, and uh, Julie is not helping. No, she is making it sound like it's poison. Which he which he's not he's not looking at her, and he can't hear. So how does he know what she's saying? Yeah, I I don't know. That doesn't make any sense, but whatever. No. Uh, Julie is Julie is picking on this guy because you know he's he's mentally challenged. So yeah, it's uh, it's, it's not right. Uh, Nick pretty much tells pretty much tells her to piss off. Yeah, that she's not going to get the D, and she needs to move on. She needs to move on. Uh, but rather than moving on, she pulls a sniper rifle out of her ass. I don't know where she gets this thing. But yeah. she starts shooting at these guys. <laughs> it's like really, just because he wouldn't have sex with you? And, and the whole team, it's it's like the whole thing of like Nick of like Nick having no hearing. It's just like you can't hear when people are shooting at him. Yeah, this this guy's just yeah. This is this is a, this whole type of scenario, and the in the stand he needs to have hearing for this, and he's just he's really yeah out of luck. Yeah, it's it's really funny, but we also get, we also get our annual Stephen King character turns in the cartoon, right here. Yep. Just 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 the way she's reacting to all this, just like oh my wow, you were you were really going. What what direction were you given in these scenes? Seriously, she is absolutely bonkers. Yeah, it's literally literally bonkers. For but sure. They also had a fight the a fight before. They need to stop doing fights on this show. Yeah, the fights are very uh yeah, they're like super high school fights. Yeah, but 
Uh, anyway, so they they're 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 biking on their way, but they meet the guy in a truck who's God. He's the one member. He's the one member of the squad. His name I I don't think I ever learned. Uh, yeah, I don't have it. Yeah, I don't. don't Is it Ralph? It is Ralph. Yes, Ralph. Okay, I do Uh, have it. I have yeah, Ralph. They meet. They meet Ralph, who happens to be going the same the same way. Yeah, and they're like, "Hey, what a coincidence! Jump in back. Let's go." I happen to be driving the same location you are. Yeah, we also see that uh, Larry's not taking his breakup with Nadine well, as he has uh, take he has resorted to his bandana hippie guitar playing phase. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he is not he is not having a good time. This is where he meets the other girl, Dana. Is Dana? Yeah, this has to be. Yeah, this is Dana. Dana yeah. and her son. Because everybody falls in love quickly here. Oh yeah. Stan. Oh yeah. Yes. It's, it's it's like nobody's business. No, it's only been a day. I love you. Yeah, but they but we finally <laughs> get people showing up to Nebraska to see Mother Abigail. And uh, you know, every, everyone's everyone's having a everyone's having a party. Everyone's having a good time. Was having a good old time. But it's like we okay we okay you know we got enough of you here. We need to move on to Boulder. It's like hey yeah why 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 do we need to move on to Colorado? Why can't we stay here for a little bit? People people are still coming. Or what? Or why wouldn't we have just set the meeting ground at Boulder? Yeah, like we're, we're, that's where we're going anyways. Yeah, so it's like okay, well, let's just cut out Nebraska. Let's just meet in Boulder. Yeah, we also get some. We do also do get some really, really fascinating religious commentary. It's something you rarely see. Usually, King lays on the religion is bad theme really thick. This one, he actually holds a lot of restraint. I really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, we get a, we get a nice scene between uh, Nick and Mother Abigail and getting him onto the. <laughs> before they're about to leave, which, by the way, this probably seems like the un- most unsafe way to transport her because this is a 104 year old woman. The way they're taking her, taking her to to Boulder, Colorado, they have a rocking chair on the back of a pickup truck. Can you say uh, vacation? I'm just like, there's got to be a safer way to. There's got to be a safer remember, way to transport her. Remember Aunt Edna on top of the? I do. She had a tarp over because she was dead, or she had a tarp over. I thought of that. I was I was laughing. Right. This poor girl. Squirrel shit, Grandma. Or yeah, <laughs> Abigail's gone. We also see that uh, Mullet Man is building his is building you know his fortress of solitude, his his compound in the source of all evil in the United States. I'm of course talking about uh, Las Vegas, Sin City. Ha <laughs> Sin, uh, Sin City. Get it? I see what I see what you did. Yeah, we also see that they're being followed by a fleet of people on motorcycles and in cars. These are going to be kind of you know Mother Abigail's. Side, other Abigail soldiers in their sides. I'm not sure about the people on bikes, the people in cars for sure. People yeah. on bikes might be for flag because you know motorcycles equal evil. But regardless, uh, you know they, you see this uh, bi- this nice like sweeping shot of all the people coming to Boulder to see Abigail, and yeah, that's, wh- that's where episode two ends. So okay, going into episode three, initially I was confused when it started. I was confused as hell. I was too until you started talking about it, and then it made sense. Oh, really? And I think we're are we talking about this? Are we talking about Ringwald's character? No, we're, no? T- we're talking about how it starts off and like Sinise is operating on some guy. Yeah. So who who's the guy he's operating on? I have no idea because they n- they never tell you. Okay. Who, it's it's like it's like a scene was like cut out or something and they didn't tell anybody. Because I was wondering about it. I was like, well, is that one of them? Like, what happened? They didn't show any of that because. They lead the second episode going to the third episode, 
the second one is pretty much like the whole parade of cars, and that that that, that ends the second episode. But legit, when I started this, I, th- I thought to myself, "Wait, did I did I put on episode four by mistake? Because none none, none, yeah. none of this led anywhere. Cause like like Aussie Davis is here for some reason." No, the re- the other reason I was confused up until you said it because that re- that that sparked my my whole thing was Ringwald's uh, character. Oh really? Be- being knocked up, I I didn't know for a second. I'm like, wait a minute. Oh yeah, like, yeah, because like, it, it's it's just like, yeah. reveal like unceremonious. Like like because I, I I had to go back and rewatch also because it's like because I'm like wait a minute. So she's yeah, and I'm like did, wait. Did they, so did they tell it, that before uh, or is that like new information? Yeah, and then I'm like, is it Harold? So she said she didn't want Harold. There, she was friend zone. So I'm like, I was confused. You know what I mean? Okay, but then you said it about the first one where her boyfriend leaves her, and it makes sense why he left her, and that's why we find that that, that adds everything together here for me. Yeah. Also, 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 this this is Dana, not not the girl Larry meets on the road. I think that's that's Lucy. Lucy is the girl is the girl Larry meets. Uh, okay. Okay. The, 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 the blonde chick. Uh, the blonde chick in this one, scene. That's Dana. Okay. Larry's. Okay, Larry this is the one that falls in love with Lucy. Yes. So that's okay, okay. now okay. now we're all now we're all caught up. But yeah, for, we got uh, it. Uh Sinise is operating on this guy. We have no idea, no lead in, no idea no. how the hell we got here. But we here, literally opened the episode with this. But here we are. And uh and the and doesn't didn't work because the guy dies. It's like, oh oh, oh well. That sucks. Like he wouldn't have known that operating on him that he wasn't breathing. That's true. His hands are rested right on his chest area, like they're not. He it's not heaving. Oh, it, it takes it takes the lady that's holding his head. Uh, you can stop now. Yeah, we also get a scene between uh, you know, a scene between uh, Sinise and Ringwald. We're just like, okay, I guess I guess you're a thing now. Which makes no sense because they had zero chemistry on the screen at all throughout this first two episodes. I don't, they, I don't like, even think they shared a scene together until this. No. That's that's why I was like, um, yeah, because well, the back end of of two is when they is when they meet up when uh, they meet up with um, oh yeah, the hell with uh, yeah yeah at the end yeah so that makes no sense. They meet up with there's Harold no, and uh, Glenn. Yeah, yeah. There's no believability there for them having a relationship. It's like I, I swear it's like there was an episode like there was an episode that just got lost. <laughs> yeah, the, we I feel like there's it. like yeah, half hour an hour of shit cut out. Yeah, but anyway, uh, we find out that the, it's where we find out that Ringwald is pregnant. Yeah, I, I I initially thought it was Stu's. I'm just like, wait, I thought I thought it was Harold's. I'm like, wait a minute. So she 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 ended up being so desperate she slept with Harold. You know what I mean? <laughs> like like once and like, how does she know she's pregnant? That's what I didn't understand. That's why I was confused. Yeah, because I even have Harold question mark on here. But it's funny because as soon as you mentioned that about her boyfriend leaving, I'm like, shit. Her boyfriend left her because she was pregnant. I like right. it, it, like the lights just clicked on. Yeah. Yes, yes, but uh, now now Stu and her are a thing, which is it's off putting because uh, they don't look the same age. I mean, like they're, they're realistically, like they're not like that far apart in age. And in fact, James Marsden and Odessa Young are much further apart in age than these two are. Thing is, yeah. Gary Sinise only now looks his age. Like he yeah. he has been sixty five for thirty years. Yeah, this is this is factual. Sinise has looked absolutely the same. Yeah, and it, it, it's not like he's looked great. No, he's he's he's, he's looked old as hell. So he's looked yeah. old as hell for years. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, he's a thing, and now Harold Harold is all pissy now, wearing his stupid stupid gray point pointed jacket. How creepy is that in the scene in the woods when they're when they're kissing? He's just sitting there watching them. Yeah, from from a distance, I think he's like drawing it too. I'm just like, what the what the hell is your I'm thing? Like, 
we're really doing this right now. Yeah, and you also see the hair. Harold's gradually gotten more evil as 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 slicked back as his hair has gotten. Yeah, the the dark the more gel he puts in his hair, the more evil he's the more, become. The more evil he's gotten, the better he looks. Like he's got his hair all slicked <laughs> back. He, has, he apparently doesn't need the glasses anymore. He's got no acne. It's like, bro, just go full evil, man. You yeah, got go, this. Go full evil. It's working for you. Yeah, you got this. You got this style going down. Yeah, we cut, we also we cut back to Vegas as we see what I'm pretty sure what actually would happen if Vegas did. If Vegas did fall, yeah, and uh, we also get the worst outlook of a city I've ever seen. Is that where they they open up the window? Yes. Oh my god! So, tra- so trash can like, trash can man wakes up in a hotel room, and he looks out the window, and oh it my is god, fakest looking CG city. It like it it, it looks like Spike it's three D. It was. It looks like it was trying to go for that Babylonian type feel to it, and I'm like, oh my god, this looks so fake. I'm like, you you, you couldn't just you couldn't just like go to like a Vegas hotel room and just like point a camera out the window. Like even at the end uh, when uh, Nick Fury's like, remember he's he's in the he's laying down on the beach chair on the 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 that end scene. that looks more real. Inspired that by, looks by more real than this. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. that looks a million times more real. Than this. For sure. Like the 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 setting, the backgrounds in the mummy in the opening of the mummy, nineteen ninety nine, looks more real than this. Yeah, I and mean this looks, is this and that is looks really fake f- as hell. Seriously, it looks it looks really bad. Yeah, this is this is bad. But anyway, Miguel Miguel, for, Miguel Ferrer comes in, Lloyd, and just like, hey yo, flag flag wants to, flag wants to see your ass, and guess who guess who's also back with him, Ratman. <laughs> The Rat Man, I the guess, Rat Pack. I guess he also has has that immunity. Thank God, because 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 we needed him on this show. Absolutely, because we needed the Rat Man. Uh, but uh, once again, it, it, it was in my notes. I wrote this down. Like the, the actor playing Flag is great, but man, he is a wardrobe change. He he really. It's literally jean jacket, jeans, cowboy boots. Yeah, and mullet. And mullet. Yeah, so that 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 look is just it's just not working for him. But anyway, he reminds me also of a guy that would be like in a soap opera, probably. But anyway, yeah. the, the rest of the crew meets up with the best. The main crew at least meets up with Mother Abigail, as she also meets a funny funny thing. Ozzie, Ozzie Davis, uh, real life husband of Ruby, of Ruby D at the time, wasn't even supposed to be in this show. Okay. Uh, the only reason he was in this someone someone else was supposed to play his role. Let me let me, let me fact check this real quick. I I got it right here. Uh, his role was supposed to be played by uh, Moses Gunn, who was originally cast in this role, but he passed away right before filming started. Okay. And uh, Ozzie Davis, who was who was at the set, who was there already, because uh, you know Ruby D is his wife. He's like, "Hey, yo, uh, you t- you just want to come in and do this? Why not? <laughs> you yeah. you can act. Tag, you're it. Tag. <laughs> Tag. Sure, in. I'll do it." But like, yeah, Ozzy Davis for like the little few scenes he gets is actually actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, we also see that uh, Dan has been picked up by uh, he's been picked up by Stephen King. But the author makes his cameo. Makes his cameo, but not even cameo. He's, he, he he makes his role. He's in it for a while. Yeah, yeah he's, he's in it for a while. while. I think he's in it for the rest of the series, actually. Yeah, he's he he's in it more obviously in the third episode, but yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, we we see a whole n- another crowd of people coming coming in to uh, it's coming coming in to see Mother Abigail. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> they're talk- and it's funny they're they're, ta- they're talking about 
talking about like Harold in the last scene. It's like, where did he go? I'm just like, okay, if Harold was gone, no, but nobody would fucking notice. <laughs> yeah, be, seriously. Because be first off, he's tired of being friend zone, so he's like, you know what? The hell with this. I'm leaving. And he he just he pieces out. Yeah, he does. <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah. Uh, Mother Mother Abigail starts to meet a whole bunch of people on like bikes and like bikes and shit. Like, I, I I initially I thought they were the bad guy. I thought they were like gonna like turn on her because of, it was called the betrayal. Yeah. I thought they were gonna Hell's be like angels. flags, yeah. like flags, uh, flags people, and then like they turn on they turn on him and just like fuck a bunch of shit up. Turn that turn out that's not the case. They they just like dress in leather because it's fun. Like, no, this is kind of where I thought like Nadine was the betrayal. Harold, the betrayal. That's kind of Although where I, I was Nadine, going. Nadine's yeah. hair, for no reason, has gotten a lot whiter. Yeah, it's like, oh my god, hello. Like, what? Yeah. The, like, do you find some fashion hair dye out there? What the hell happened? Yeah, she's like white girl. Yeah, they they also uh, found some. They also managed to get the power back on, which is which is cool. Which is which is nice. It's always always a plus. Yay for electricity. <laughs> we get we uh, we go to a, this big council meeting where. They stop to sing the entire national anthem. Yay patriotism. Which is really, yeah, yay patriotism. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, yeah, 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 yay patriotism. As we find out that this, a bunch of the people are named to a council. This is where Gary Sinise has to have his big moment. Which moment are you talking about? Well, I'm saying this is like his big moment where he has to give that. Oh, like, okay. His like like a, like a speech or whatever. You know what I mean? That, right. Because that's even Harold's like, oh, this guy's a natural or whatever. Or not Harold. Um, Bill. Nick. 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 Nick says he's a natural or whatever for talking. So you know that they want this guy obviously to lead. I mean, I mean, I mean, we don't know any any other characters' names, so sure, why not? <laughs> I guess it has yeah, to be. Yeah, it's like, it's like sure. Yeah. We're forming uh, the fellowship, guys. We need we need to destroy the ring. <laughs> yeah. As a uh oh. Mother Abigail had disappeared. What? What? But Where'd don't she worry, go? she left the letter. It's okay. She left the what? She left the letter. It's okay. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> All is forgiven. <laughs> yeah, she left the letter at least. Yeah, it's like, oh well, uh, I guess we got, guess we got to make it on our own now. <laughs> Way to go. Uh, but yeah, uh, Nadine tries to home wreck Larry and his new things. Like, hey, yo, girl, I got, I got this new thing going. I can't, I can't be messing with you, your side piece. You had, you had your chance. That, do you like how he, he got his wife or whatever? Yeah, I guess they're married now. I was like, what? What did I that said, happen? Did you, get, did you get a Cracker Jack ring? What the hell's going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm like, he's like, oh, it's my wife. He goes, oh, I don't, like, I, I'm happy with my wife. I'm like, whoa, wait like, a minute. You were just single an episode ago. Yeah, when, when, did, when did that happen? Dude, you, you're crazy, man. Slow it down a little bit. Yeah, but like, I, I will say, the... They get like fuck all scenes. It's like one or one, one, two or three. But the scene between Larry and I guess his wife are actually yeah. are actually well done. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, flag pops up in Nadine's house for literally no reason to just remind you like, hey, you're still on my side, don't, right? Hey, hey, don't forget about me, right? Don't forget about me. Mother, you mother. still want to be more than more than friends, right? <laughs> <laughs> you are. You you and I are gonna have sex, right? Okay, cool. Make sure. Yeah, I, I I saw the note that you left that you left Larry. But <laughs> want to make sure. Want yeah, to make sure wasn't gonna have sure in the future. We're gonna hang out for the whole night, right? <laughs> oh God. Uh, yeah. So we get we get our first council meeting as uh, we find out that well, well they get the plan that they want to send spies into our ca- flags camp just to see yeah. just to see what's going on. 
The plan is M-O-O-N. the plan. M O N. The plan is to send three spies and not tell them about each other, so that way, if they get tortured or whatever, you know, they're so they, they wouldn't give anything up. So, in a random ass assortment, you get uh, Dana. Dana's one of them. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Dana, who's the other? Oh God! Who's oh, the uh, second one? Ozzy Davis and uh, Tom. M O O N. M O O N. So they like they pull like some Al Qaeda like programming shit, where it's just like they hypnotize them and just tell them what to do. It's like, dude, you could do this like program, like you just like been like like teach him like stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, just, like, you don't need yeah. all like sleeper cell programming. Is yeah, it, and then he wakes weird. up and he's like a Harvard graduate. Yeah, but it, yeah, so uh, they they uh, send they send out the they send out these people. Uh, you also see that uh, what's his face? Uh, Harold has uh, dumped Molly Ringwald. Is now getting with Nadine. Only they're not having sex. They're doing everything else. Yeah, they're just sex. doing the um, they're just doing the the nether region stuff. Nether, yeah, and, and, and any, anything else on the table? Well, we could clearly tell that he's gotten a blowjob because he goes. Basically, he was saying that you didn't get anything out of that though. Uh, oh, yeah. Meaning, like you didn't, you didn't get no satisfaction. That's, that, 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 that's a good catch, actually. That's that's keyword for she totally gave you a blowjob. So good yeah, catch, good catch. There's, that, there's there's that. I didn't get that in my notes. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, jot, so. jot that in there. I picked up on that. I don't but know. The, they they send they send Tom they send Tom on his way. <laughs> Just like good luck storming the castle. <laughs> it's like, dude, I forget what. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> okay. What do, yeah, he goes like about on the road. Crap! What are we supposed to do? Turns around. Oh, he's like shit. I'm he's lost. Like, he's like, where, the, where the hell am I? You said go straight. Oh shit. Uh, <laughs> you know what's you know what's really funny though is we'll talk about it when it happens. Though. When Flag tries to read his he- his mind. Oh yeah. Remember? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so bad. That's so that was so bad. That's, that's so wrong. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we we see that uh, they they take they taken over an airship. Well, Tom has gotten a job at an airship where they're apparently building bombs. For what reason? I'm not exactly sure. I'm not. I don't even know if they have any pilots on this thing. What if they, what if they don't maybe they can fly a plane? There's literally like four employees there. Just like nobody else there. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no, there's no employees, no one else. But anyway, we cut back to Harold, who, I guess, in addition to being a published poet, is also a bombs expert. Yeah, because uh, yeah, because it's 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 made mention like no times throughout the whole entire thing. But the show tells you that this is where the actual betrayal comes into play. Uh, there's a council meeting at a house, but Nadine plants a Tom's bomb inside. Oh, and also, yeah. Mother Ab- also Mother Abigail is back, and she's sick as fuck. Yeah, she's she's not looking too good. Yeah, she's not looking too good. Anyway, uh, the house blows up. Nick and a bunch of bunch of other people that really don't get names. They all die. The main ones survive though. Although, poor Nick though. I'm like, what? You're gonna do Nick like this? He's in there. He just he sacrificed himself for no reason. I was like, dude, really? Yeah, uh, Nick just literally just like gets in, screams at a bomb, and then yeah, it explodes. He saves everybody's life. It's that, like, that's just the good good nature of Nick. But like he doesn't even do that. People still die. <laughs> yeah, but he got he got a majority of them out. He got the important. Well, 
I guess the important ones out. It's not like it's it's not like it's a not like Captain America is a grenade. <laughs> he can throw himself on and take the blast. No, 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 no. He's uh, no the house blows up regardless, so you may as well get out. Yeah, it's like everybody evacuate. Yeah, uh, we also see that uh, you know there's they're also like worried that uh, the baby is not is not immune to this disease so that she might get sick. Oh, also Mother Abigail uh, <laughs> being 104 years old. Uh, she dies. It's a really sad death too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but, bo- good new- but 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 good, but good news. Before she dies, though, we have the uh, forging of the fellowship. Yeah, she goes to the one last quest. <laughs> <laughs> she sends out. She sends out Stu, Larry, Ralph, and Glenn. They're like, okay, y'all got y'all got to go to Vegas, but y'all have to go on foot. The f- what? Why? Why? <laughs> Who are you? This, this, this is literally this is American Lord of the Rings. This is this is this is the Fellowship. This is where, this is where, uh, yeah, so yeah. Peter Jackson got the inspiration here. So right? they start to Tolkien. go. They start to oh, go. Yeah. Where Tolkien got inspiration from the from the from the grave. <laughs> Talk about the time travel. Yeah, yeah to- Tolkien time traveled in '94. He's like, you know what? I like these guys' style. We're gonna go ahead and do this. But the thing is, like, they couldn't take any food or water. But Larry brings his fucking guitar. I'm like, well, way to go! You gonna you gonna play us food, you idiot? <laughs> yeah, you're gonna play you're gonna play our soundtrack as we walk up, as we walk along. Yeah, yeah, you could, yeah. You yeah. could play our funeral march as we die. We also see Mullet Man disguised as a raven watching him. It's like, I see you, bitch. <laughs> Keep walking. Yeah, and <laughs> and that's where episode that's where episode three ends. We now go to episode four, the stand. This is the this is Has- this is the stand. Has episode three already happened where uh, Flags had sex with? Uh, no, this, this, or is, this four? is this is four. This is this episode. Okay, okay. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> okay, this this part's already hilarious. Uh, so what happens is, uh, we it, start, it starts off with uh, Harold <laughs> and Nadine riding motorcycles, but Harold oh, yeah. for, for no reason just sees Flag runs into like a barrier. And just like, <laughs> just like fucking evil Knievel, like launches himself yeah. off the bike. <laughs> they should CGI like a Superman cape on him as he flies through the air. It's hilarious, man. Uh, just like, yeah, he's like he gets he gets that boy gets airborne. He gets some air on that shit, dude. Yeah, like, seriously. Like, did you did you throw yourself off that bike? Seriously, man. Oof. Yeah. But, so. Uh, yeah, so th- yeah, uh, he throws himself off. He is hurt. Nadine is just like, "Okay, see ya." It's like, "What? Peace out. You got betrayed? No way." Uh, we then go to Ozzy Davis as he uh, he's trying to make his way into the city. Uh, as he's spotted by uh, two people outside of it, who, one of whom is played by uh, I don't know if you recognize him, but one of the guys who you know one of the guardians outside of Vegas is played by none of the director Sam Raimi. Really? No, I did not notice that. Yeah. Huh. Uh, we also see that Dana, that Dana drew the short straw because she had to sleep. She had to sleep with Miguel Ferrer <laughs> as part of her cover. Yes. Way, way to take one for the team. Take one for Cigarette the team. Smoke. Cigarette smoke mouth. Uh, yeah. So uh, Ozzy Davis gets stopped. Gets stopped outside of town. Uh, but, but before he even gets into Vegas, he get he gets shot by Sam Raimi. Poor, Some poor guy. Some spy work. Seriously, I'm just like okay, well, okay, great. Uh, so our spies are now down to uh, Dana. Who all she has to do, all she has to do is have sex with Miguel Ferrer, 
and Tom. And Moon. And Moon. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is going great. Oh, boy. We're, the, the hope of humanity rides on these guys. We're fucked. Also, fl- also flag, kill Sam, kill Sam Mary for no reason. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, so, some spy work, Ozzy Davis. Yeah, way to go. Way to go. Yeah, so, uh, anyways, uh, Flag picks up, uh, Flag starts to pick up that Dan, that Dan is the other spy. Oh, and also, uh, Je- Jenny? Jenny, the, the crazy, crazy girl? Yeah, eight six seven five three zero nine. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. She. She's some. She at some point got into Vegas. Don't know when that happened, but <laughs> here she is. Yeah. Uh, as she took uh, a red eye. Yeah. As she's been accused. Of, she's been accused. Uh, Dan has been accused of being a spy. So now she has to go see Flag, and she's got her fucking. She's got one of those like Assassin's Creed blades, where oh, like yeah. you flick yeah. your wrist back and it come, and the spike comes out and just like okay yeah she wraps it around her wrist she's like all high tech and I was like where the hell did you get that at yeah I'm just like like this is 1994 it's, it's not like widely available did you make that I was like dude that's yeah you made that's that's homemade man this this is this is ridiculous but either way he has he has to go see he has to go see Mullet Man who somehow looks silly as the series goes on just looks sillier and sillier. He does look really silly. Yeah, so uh, he, had, he had this whole he had this whole conversation as like she's he's trying to you know figure out who his other spy is. Who, by the way, here's the weird thing: she, there's a scene I think in the last episode where she clearly recognizes Tom, so she knows who the other spy is. But like, wasn't the whole point they weren't supposed to know who the other spies were? Yeah, which would obviously made it a lot better because then yeah, so this whole plot like, nobody could rat on anybody. So this whole plot thread kind of. Kind of makes no sense, but he tries. She tries to get information out of him. pulls pulls her assassin's creed blade out, stabs stabs flag, and what do you, what a shock! Doesn't do anything. All he does is laugh, and uh, and and also turn into the devil. Yes, via via via, via shitty blur effect. Like he's he looks like Vigo. He does look like Vigo. Yeah, looks like Vigo from Ghostbusters too. <laughs> But you also get, well, he did. you also boy get didn't jump his, out of a painting though, man. You also get one of the funniest suicides I've ever seen on a television. <laughs> like, oh my god! <laughs> what she does is like she gets slammed into a window. Yeah, and just and goes she just jumps on it. Ah, yeah. <laughs> just jumps. Yeah, on it. it's like, girl, what are you doing? Like, I mean, I get why. I mean, I mean, I get why. So she didn't actually give it up, but you could, you, yeah, like you, I, it felt like it was played up for laughs. Yeah, you could have killed yourself much more painlessly than that. I think. Yeah, uh, we cut back to Harold, who is somehow still alive. I'm not sure. Oh, and by the way, uh, Jenny recognizes Tom. Uh, the, <laughs> I, I don't know it seems like a footnote, but it's kind of a footnote in the series, too. Uh, we cut back to Harold, who is somehow still alive after being flown off, after being <laughs> flings off, off a cliff. Seriously, after, yeah, stunt bike riding. <laughs> yeah, and then, he's, uh, then he decides to call it quits, shoots himself, and somehow Stu feels a, st- a disturbance in the forest because he knows about it. Yes. Yeah, I'm just like, are you, are you psychic too? It's like, okay, now all of a sudden you can start picking up on that stuff? Like, okay. Is it because the closer you get? I don't know. Ex- explain, show. Explain. Well, yeah, that, which, yeah, you're not going to get that, though. Yeah, uh, uh, tra- uh, trash can man blows up. <laughs> trash can man blows up uh, the airfield for, I don't know, for for some reason, never really explained. For, shi- for shits and giggles. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah. We also see Dana walking because I guess she lost her bike. 
She was riding a bike a little bit right before, but now it's gone. Yeah. Uh, she also she also comes she also finally meets Mullet Man. They finally start to get it on, until she comes to the surprise conclusion that the guy who's done literally everything to convince him that she that he is the devil is the devil. <laughs> oh no! Uh, this is this this scene here is really like weird. Yeah, because like you know she, it, it, after this Dana kind of just check not Dana what. Nadine, Nadine kind of just checks out the movie. She's just like, yeah, sure. She's depressed. My She's thing, like, I really regret my this. My thing is, I feel like, no, but I feel like she was raped. Like, that's why she, she kind of was. Like that. She, she was. That, that's, that's why she's like that, though. That's why she bottles up and doesn't say anything. I think, I think, I mean, without, like, actually going too graphic, I th- she was raped. She, yeah. She, she, she was. And it's kind of just yeah. like, but again, it's kind of the case, like, what do you, you think was going to happen? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, you kind of knew that that, I mean, that's, where that was going to go, but it still was just unsettling. Yeah, it, it, it is. It is still like a rough scene to get through. I'll give you that. No, yeah, just because of the fact that you know that, and then the reasons why she's acting like that. And that's that's really crazy. That I mean, that's like really heavy for TV to show that. Well, not show that, but like you know what I mean. It's implied. And her, her hair has gotten even whiter, so she has now gone full Daenerys Targaryen on this show. She has, yes, she is Silver Fox. She is Silver Fox. Uh, but uh, we cut back to uh, we cut back to uh, them going back to Vegas. They've got they've gotten to their hotel to where <laughs> it's it's weird. Like like Jen, Jenny on her own is really out of place. Jenny in Jenny in Vegas, it yeah. real it really really fits. Yes. Yeah. So uh, they go up. We also find out that Nadine is pregnant with the with the son of the devil. <laughs> That fast, that fast. Hey, hey, demons! Demons work. They're they're potent. That boy fertilizes quickly. <laughs> they work quick. <laughs> they got some yeah, strong swimmers. Oh, Randall Flag also. He was the, Randall Flag also yeah. assaults Miguel Ferrer for no reason. Yes. Yeah, you really, yeah, you really don't understand like why. You really don't understand why. Even even Miguel Ferrer doesn't know why. It seems like he doesn't know why he's doing. It. He's just like, why? I don't, I don't know why. It's, <laughs> it was. It was in the script. Yeah, Help. it's like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. But, and anyways, uh, Nadine had had a depression and fear for, I guess, her mortal soul. Decides to throw herself off the building. That's because I mean, that's why wouldn't you? Yeah, which we, yeah. Well, that's it. I guess. I guess. I guess that's the end of her arc. I guess. Yeah. Uh, anyways, cut back to. Uh, trash can man who was right who's riding a bomb out of he's riding an atv with a bomb out of the bomb shelter i'm not sure they didn't make it clear why he's doing this no they're just like let him let him play he's harmless and uh oh there was a why did, why did i write oh this cameo has not i'm liking my nose i really wrote oh this cameo has not aged well what, what, was, it, what, was, what was that talking about what cameo there's a cameo there's a cameo i guess in this that has not aged well Trying to figure out what it is. Cameo. Oh I'm crap! Okay, to... it's John Landis. John Landis. Okay, comes yeah, in. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm like, oh, cr- oh, yeah, oh, crap! Yeah, this is is not age well. Uh, but anyways, uh, Miguel, Miguel Ferrer talking to his homie, just like, hey, yo, uh, we think Flag's kind of nuts, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get out of here. You should you should come with yeah, us. We're gonna see us see ourselves out the door. And he's just like, no, okay, yeah, John, the John Landis scene is after this, but he's like, yeah, we're we're out of here. But <laughs> this is me leaving. Yeah. So uh, we then go back to well. Also, t- also Tom has left. 
Tom has left the uh, left there. He's trying to get back to trying to get back to Boulder. We cut back to our fellowship, who has to cross this big ass gorge. <laughs> who <laughs> again? So they get they get down into the, into this base and they have to climb up. But Stu, like Stu, like a dickhead, <laughs> he goes up right before he goes. Like, see, he does that fucking thing. He's like, see, not so hard. Right when he says that, slip. <laughs> Slip in. We're going to break your leg. We're going to break your leg. I'm just like, wow. Well, yeah, uh, Stu, the, Stu, the main character, the guy we've been following this whole time, he is now out of commission for the climax. Yeah, it's like, uh, I didn't see that one coming. I did not see that one coming. Give you, give you props, show. So now the Fellowship has to go on without, without their fearless leader. Fellowship has now become a trio. It is, yes. It, <laughs> yeah, it has. Three Musketeers. <laughs> <laughs> Although hey, the Stu gets to keep the dog, yeah, which is funny. I, the mother Abigail said it had to be the four of them. They never say anything about the okay to bring a dog, so yeah, they're breaking so the rules that way. May as well brought water. Yep, Midas. Uh, so they're they're walking. They're still walking. Cut back to Stu. He found a rabbit somehow. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know how he walked out to get that or whatever. Not sure where it came from, but they they managed to make it. They manage to make it to Vegas. They do. They do the hold hands walk from Selma, walking through, an, and they meet a bunch of guys who I swear were goons. Were goons and RoboCop. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. Yeah, they also find. The, I also love this line. It's just like they're talking to this one guy, just like, lay, like, like, lay, lay down your arms, and we won't hurt you. And he says, "Like, congratulations, you get the Rodney King Humanitarian Award." Yeah. Well, that doesn't date this at all. <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry. He 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 hits he hits the old guy, and that's what he says. Yet, congratulations, you get the Rodney King Humanitarian Award. <laughs> Again, that doesn't date this. That doesn't date this special this special at all. Yeah, seriously. Uh, so, uh, we cut back to we cut back to all of them been thrown in Vegas jail. Who <laughs> I love the way this pan, this pans up. It's, it's it's a cockroach. The flag, flag steps on. And it pans up. He's given this like weird ass smile. Yeah, it's like congratulations, you stepped on a bug. <laughs> just like I, 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 I just, lo- I just love that pan. I think it's a great shot. Yeah, he's he's talking to Glenn in his cage, and Glenn is like, "You don't have to, you don't have to do this." You can I'm talking to Miguel Ferrer, like, "You don't have to do this. You can, you can, you can still come to the light." And he's like, "Shoot!" It's like, and Flags is like, "Shoot him!" And it's like, "I'm just like, no, you're not gonna shoot him." And then, he, and then he fucking does it. And, think, and I thought to myself, wait a minute. So, you 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 had this guy walk all the way across two states just yeah, to seriously. get just to get shot in a cage. Poor guy. Why did I mean? Why did it, you that, even need this guy? Why did Why didn't he break his leg and stay? That's true. <laughs> just like ah, yeah, I'm just good. Have, just have Sinise come back. Yeah, it's like Mother Abigail decided not to tell him what happened. It's just like. You got, oh, you got to for go. For shame, for shame. You got to go and you got to do, you got to make your stand. He's like, oh, yeah, well, oh, yeah. Do, do, what happened? Do we win? Maybe. What happens to you? What, what happens to the little guy? What happens to me? Uh, you're going to be good. No <laughs> yeah, no comment. Just go. You'll be all right. Uh, but anyway, so they go, uh, they go, they go back. Uh, they go back to Sinise, who's trying to climb, who's trying to, you know, Deshi Deshi Basada Basada his way out of this pit. Yeah. <laughs> and wouldn't you know it, guess who shows up at the exact same time? It's Tom. 
What a what a coincidence. M O O N. M O O N. Walking by. Just happened. Just M O M O O N. What a what a dink. Yeah, it spells what a dink. But uh, oh, yeah, La- Larry and Ralph are being taken. They're being taken to this ceremony, and as a, and then the, the biggest act of defiance, Rat Man decides to smash Larry's guitar, which again he's still kind of brought for no reason. Yeah, seriously. Didn't even, didn't even play that theme song. Yeah, so they start to get the ceremony ready as Ralph and Larry are about to be. It looks like they're about to be crucified. Yeah, it reminds me literally of it because yeah, I think that, I think they're on giant crosses too. They are, and I think he he even says something that I think one of the because um, Christ was crucified with two other uh, two other guys. thieves to his side or whatever. But I think the way he said it, he he said the same. He muttered the same thing. Before yeah, but, I think, but before that, like like some yeah. there's, there's some dude that like talks shit about flag, so he just like sends like shocky bubble at him, and so but which like, is it, really weird. Yeah, it's really weird. It's still going, but before well after he dies, but as but before they can even get to the whole crucifixion, uh, trash can man who looks like shit by the way. Yeah, he looks. He's so sunburned from yeah. his walk in the in the, uh, the desert. But I, I love I love this scene right here. Yeah. Uh, so tr- so like Jenny's just like, he's got a bomb. Run! <laughs> she starts yeah, to run. run. She starts to run. And this is the fucking dumbest death out of this whole thing. That's saying a lot. She yeah. <laughs> the way she dies, she trips on the guy flag shocked, and it yeah. carries on, and she and then she's dead. I'm like. I literally rewound that scene like three or four times, but it's like, did she actually die? Yeah, like that—that's that, um, that's fucking stupid. Homegirl wasn't meant to make it. If that's the, if that's the series of events how it unfolded, no, it, it, if that was gonna happen, devil or not, Homegirl was only gonna survive like two more days. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they have this—they have what looks like a nuke coming in. Uh, Trash Cannon brought in a nuke. For some reason, they really, they didn't really establish why why he did all this, but uh, as soon, after that, uh, the hand of God comes down, and that's what they, that's what they say in the show. He said, "You done well, boys. Time to come home." And they and they <laughs> detonated. Just just a reminder for the five and a half hours of build up where we're at right now. The actual yeah. stand of this all is alar- is, is yeah. alarmingly short. Oh no, it it, it really sucks. This, this this would but again this would not be a Stephen King show a Stephen King anything without a majorly disappointing climax. It was such a d- disappointing climax. Which by the way, why why did they even need why did they even need to bring them here to do this? Like like you, they, yeah, could, they could have stayed home and had the hand of God just come from a distance. <laughs> We're watching the hand of God come from a distance. It's like, oh oh shit, it's come, hand of God's coming down. About to grab a nuke. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was very lackluster the payoff for the five and a half hour journey we're on at this point. And keep in mind we're still not done. There's still like twenty minutes left in this special. There's like twenty minutes left in this thing. Yeah, yeah. We 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 still got a little while to go. Uh, we got Tom. We got Tom and Stu driving back. But oh no, it looks like Tom's immunity is wearing out because I guess it has an expiration date because he is now getting sick. <laughs> Yeah, not exactly sure how that logic works either, but yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, he's uh he's getting sick. Tom's trying to get him better, until he has a vision from Nick, who is talking again, telling him to come, telling him to come down, and wow, we'll show I'll show you where to find this medicine, my guy. And uh, 
luckily, Tom grabs the right bottle. I don't know how. He doesn't. He doesn't he, keep in mind, the guy still can't read, so what if he grabbed the wrong bottle? We're like, oh, shit. Ah, oh, yeah. crap, I killed Ah, oh, Sue's going to get better. Oh, crap, I killed him. Oh, shit, that's cyanide. Crap. Uh, but yeah, but he gives he gives the medicine, and Stu gets better. Makes you question what was even the point of making him sick. Exactly, makes you wonder why they just didn't put the old guy to break his leg instead of Stu. I'm like you, you could I mean, you could literally you could literally like cut cut this whole Stu being sick plot thread out. This the series would be no different. Yeah, no, it would not have been different. Yeah, but uh, they cut back to because we still got 15 minutes left. We're still not done with this. They they get back to the camp as we find out that Stu's oh no Stu's baby has the flu, or at least what? had the or at least had the flu. Yeah, uh, they get they get in and the, the baby's fine. The baby's fine. He t- he tells he tells Lucy that her husband's not coming home. <laughs> we get a montage of all the people who died during the making of this shit. In memoriam, they should have had all in mem- in memoriam. We meet we meet Stu and or not Stu. We meet friends. Uh, I guess it's Stu's now. Fran's baby Abigail, you know, named after the girl she knew for what a day and a half. Yeah, and it's not Stu's child, but Stu is treating it as his own. I mean, good, good, on, good on him. Good on yeah, him. Yeah, you go, you go. Way to be a father figure. You go, Glenn. You go, Glenn Coco. Uh, but yeah, then uh, they kiss. They kiss. They make up. They look. They look at their brand new kid, and that's where the series is over. And there you have it. Yeah, uh, and so that was the stand. Uh, <laughs> we could have done more for a miniseries this year. I've definitely seen way worse Stephen King miniseries. This one, it's not great. I don't think it. I don't think it holds up. I'm definitely looking forward to the new one. I think yeah, was, for sure. I think like but a yeah, lot. I, I think it has a lot of good ideas. It does, but I think the execution of the ideas is where it falls falls by the wayside. Right. Um, I really didn't watch a whole lot of Stephen King's miniseries. I've, I've watched more of his movies. Um, so this was kind of like my introduction to, but I remember kind of how you were saying about PJ. I do remember the stand being a big deal back in the early nineties. Of course, you got to understand I was only like 11, so I didn't really watch that stuff. Right. Well, watch miniseries and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was the middle of the road. I mean, it was, it was far from great. It wasn't good, but it wasn't awful. I mean, it has aged pretty poorly. The dialogue, like we said, is pretty bad in the film at some times. But, I mean, it's entertaining enough. I just, I wish the payoff would have been a lot better. You know what I mean? I feel like all that, you know, for the first couple episodes, like especially the way that you begin it, really spikes your curiosity. And then for it to, the payoff there at the fourth episode, man, it just, ugh, it just lackluster, you yeah, know? Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Like, like five and a half hours of buildup culminates yeah. in a stand that lasts, what, five minutes? <laughs> Maybe less? Yeah, and it's... Yeah, and it's not even like that big of a confrontation. I'm it's like, not like literally. No, you, you got you got tied to a cross and let God do yeah. the rest. Yeah, I'm like, okay. So then the hand of God literally, did everything. Literally, like, you let, like literally, you just stand there and let God do the rest. Yeah, I'm like, okay. So I, I don't know. To me, it was just kind of disappointing because I wish we would have gotten a lot more. That was the whole idea of of this miniseries was the the you know the journey with the characters you know what i mean watching them overcome their you know their tribulations and stuff like that to stand up again you know against flag at the end or whatever and i feel like yeah the payoff just was lackluster yeah i think that there's a lot of good you can take away from the series i think there's a lot of i i, don't, I think most of the acting's all, all right it's fine there's there's some that's really but there's some that's like especially bad 
There's Ringwald's some... gets bad. I mean, yeah, Ringwald's, Ringwald's get gets not not very good. Kind of how we said at the beginning. I think this is more um, Gary Sinise and Mother Abigail's. Um, I, I, I like Jamie yeah. Sheridan. And I did like and don't and, and I did like the guy from Coach who played Tommy. I thought he did a really yeah, good yeah, job yeah. for what he was trying to, you know, the character that he was trying to portray. So I thought he did really good too. And I thought Rob Lowe was good. Even though he really didn't have spoken dialogue, I still I still thought he conveyed yeah. a lot through like emotions and you know with writing things down on a, a notepad. I thought he did which, a good job too. So, w- which yeah. it, I will say, there is actually a controversy about the new about the new stand because, uh, much like the original, they cast an actor who can hear to play a deaf character, which I think is I think it's ridiculous. I think yeah. it's a ridiculous thing to be upset. Yeah, about. it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, you figure a lot of people get really mad about that kind of stuff, man. Yeah, it's crazy. But hey, look, I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of good things in here, but there's a lot of areas where you can improve. And I and I hope they do with the CBS All Access show, which I'm actually after seeing this, I'm actually really looking forward to. Yeah, and actually, me, me as well, just because of the fact I like that modernization when they do that something old and making it newer, just like, and I always say that again with like the Texas Chainsaw remake. I like how they modernize it, made it more. Less, uh, less like you know, skimpy looking. I think it looks a lot better with it, you know, with getting a little bit of a facelift. Um, so yeah, I'm absolutely curious about the stand, for sure. I will check that out when it goes. For sure, and yeah. Um, uh, so that was our review, but the show's not over yet. We're almost done. We're almost at the end because uh, Russell, we are uh, back with our game of the week. Oh boy. Now, uh, you know something we didn't cover in our news section because I want because I knew we were gonna I knew I wanted to make this game. Uh, Fred Sport Coppola has recently joined Martin Scorsese's crusade against Marvel against Marvel, uh, yes. calling saying Marvel movies are "quote unquote" despicable. That's a, I think that's a little what? harsh. Despicable is a little harsh. Ooh, they cut in front of you in line. They take your sandwich. They kill your family. What? What? Dis, why, why despicable? Regardless, yeah. I decided to because look, pe- people act like you know this is such a big thing. Martin Scorsese and Francis Ford Coppola are not the first people in the hall in the industry to come out against uh, you know the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so I thought you know what, why not look at people's comments of the past? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a quote from a certain person, could be an actor, could be an actress, could be a director, but they are talking about how much they hate the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it's going to be your job to try and figure out who. It is now. I'm going. Oh boy! I I'll give you I'll give you a little lead in, but if you need an extra hint, let me know. I have seven okay. quotes. All you got to do is get four, and you win the game. Okay. All right. So the first first quote comes from a famous director. Uh, so uh, the quote is: "They are bloated exercise in two-hour trailers for another movie. They are going to sell you in two or, in two years. There are so many characters that each character gets an arc of about six and a half minutes at best, and I'm not exaggerating." This is from a director currently working today and actually has a movie coming out very soon. Is it Cameron? It is not Cameron. That's a good guess, though. Um, oh, man. I don't know. How about us? Well, I don't think. Spielberg? No. Okay, here's, here's another hint for you. This director has also worked on a Marvel movie that has also gotten some critical acclaim. That's got some critical acclaim. A Marvel movie. Dun 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 dun. Yeah, I gotta think now here. Um, huh. I'm drawing a blank. Uh, a crit- like acclaimed filmmaker. Has a movie coming? Have, out, has a movie coming out next month? 
Starring um, a certain super spy. Or a certain guy who played a super spy. Oh man, I'm 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 completely I'm like I'm Jaren headlights right now. Movie about, I have no idea. Movie about cars. Oh, Ford versus Ferrari. Yes. Oh, uh, Mangle. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Trying to lead you into it. Jesus Christ! Wow. Yeah, you practically had to give that to me on that. Yeah. All right. Here's here's, here's the next quote. All right. Uh, wow, not, 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 gonna, not gonna count that one because I had to keep leading you in. That was a rough one. Okay. Okay. Uh, for, former. Okay, this is uh kind of this is. This is going to sound a bit mean, but she really is a has-been actress. Uh, I don't want green goblins in tight outfits. I want intelligent. I want intelligence, daring work. I'm sorry. Let me start this again. I don't want green goblins in tight outfits. I want intelligence, daring work that drives society forward. I want a mirror, not every cliche regurgitated ad nauseum. She she is an actress, but she's not really known for acting anymore. Not at least not right now. Oh man. Ish. Oh God, I, I I'm gonna need another clue. I have no idea. Grindhouse star. Grindhouse star. Yes. Uh, is it um, Rose McGowan? It is Rose McGowan. One point. All right. Next. <laughs> I love I love this one. All right. Next oh, quote from, from a director. When you look at my movies, it's always the regular Joe Schmo that's the unlikely hero. I find it silly when someone dons a superhero suit and flies. I don't understand it. I grew up in Germany. Maybe that's why. Germany. Oh, boy. Let me go ahead on that. Uh, Directed some of the biggest disaster movies and some of the biggest films. Roland Emmerich. Yeah, that's correct. All right. I grew up in Germany. <laughs> no, that makes it right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. This is coming from an actress who. No, she's she's still a working actress. I'm trying to think. What's okay. Lazarus? Okay, yeah, she's still working. Studios making bad content in order to appeal to the masses and stakeholders is like fracking. It's ruining the viewing habits of America for the American population and ultimately the rest of the world. You got any hit on that? Hint for this one. Two-time Academy Award winner. Two-time Academy Award winner. Yes. Female or male? Female. Uh, I'm trying to think, like, fracking. Who would say something like that? I feel like... I don't know if that would be her, though. I'm trying to think. Is it Kate Blanchett? No. She was in a, no. she was in a horror well, she movie. Was in, that's the only reason why she was. I know she was in Ragnarok. I that, that's why I was like uh, talking talk about biting the hand that feeds your shit. Well, yeah, but I mean, people have said stupid shit before. That's, that's why I was kind of like a female that has won two Academy Awards. I'm trying to try to go through my head here of who. It's probably so obvious too. It wouldn't be. Uh, would it be Meryl Streep? No, it's a good, good, good she's won three, huh? Two and three. Uh, I'll give you. I'll give you one more before you have to surrender the point. Okay. I'll, I'll give you one more guess before you have to surrender. the Oh, uh, one more. I thought you were gonna give me another. Okay. Uh, let me think here. Two ton. Um, how about the? Uh, she only won one, huh? That wouldn't be it. Man, I'm drawing a blank. I don't know. Okay, she's, she started in films such as Taxi Driver, 
The little man Tate and Nell. Oh, what the hell's her name? Oh, Jodie Foster. It is Jodie Foster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll surrender that. That's fine. All right. So next... I wasn't even th- honestly wasn't even thinking of like Jodie Foster. All right. Ne- next, next one. Next one's from a director. Okay. How many times can you say you're wearing a funny costume with tights and stuff? Yes, we all know that superheroes are damaged individuals. Maybe we need to see a happy superhero. This is from a director. Yeah, gonna need a, gonna need a hit on this one. Uh, made a lot of remakes this decade. Made a lot of remakes. Also, also, also known for his uh, weird aesthetic. Remakes, weird aesthetic. I'm trying to think here. A lot of remakes, so apparently more than one. Oh boy. I'm absolutely drawing. I don't even have a guess. I'm trying to think. Weird aesthetic. Oh, shit. I don't know. I can't. Um, I don't know. I don't even have a guess. I, I, I can't think of anything. Directed two comic movies in the 80s and 90s. Two? Uh, well, one in the 80s, one in the 90s. Burton? It is Tim Burton. Good job. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I don't think I can give you that one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to surrender That's that fine. One, so you you, you let me that. That's fine. I'm, I'll, need, I'll surrender. So I think I think you need the next two or next one to win. I'm not keeping track. So okay. That's gonna, fine. We're just gonna be doing this. Okay. So next next quote. I don't know how you make it back after the tax man gets you. After you get oh god, okay, oh my god, I'm sober. I don't know how you make it. I don't know how you make it back after the tax man gets you, and after you give half to the exhibitors, what do they spend on Batman vs Superman that they're admitting to? And it's a piece of shit. Ooh, this is an actor. Yeah, this is an actor slash director. The piece, the piece of shit thing should should give it away. It's someone who's known for being very, very vol, having a very, very volatile temper. Is it um, Mel Gibson? It is Mel Gibson. The hint was the hint was going to be hey, hey sugar tits. Either that or I was thinking, but then he wouldn't have done it because he was in the first one. I was thinking Russell Crowe has a volatile temper, too, but he was in Man of Steel, so Man of Steel. I don't know how you, yeah. All right, la- last one. I think you already won the game, but this, this is the last one. Oh, uh, shit, that's funny. Okay, this is from an, a- this is from an action star. I mean, okay. I, I mean, I could take my grandma and put her in a cape, and they'll have stunt doubles come in and do all the action. Anybody can do it. They're relying on green screen and $200 million budget, so to me, that's not authentic. I'm inspired by old reels. I, I'm I'm inspired by an old real star, guys that can really that can really do their thing. And who, and what's the hint? An actor? He's an action star. Gonna need action star. An action star from his 2000s. 2000s action star. Chet Lee. Good. Yes. He although his guy did do a movie with Chet Lee. Jackie Chan. No. No, no, white, white guy. Oh wait, wait a minute. What about um, Statham? It is Jason Statham. <laughs> I had I, pretty, I gave you everybody that was in pretty much martial martial arts films of the two thousands. Uh, oh well, my god, we're gonna say you won the game! Yay! I, I'll take it. Those were those were tough, man. Yeah. I, I like the the hint though with them. All right, so uh, that that was it for that one. Uh, and that's gonna do it for our show. So Russell, you wanna give me a plug before we head out? 
Yeah, you can find us on Notorious by Chance, our YouTube channel, where we upload and talk about new releases that come out. Good companion piece for the uh, podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Notorious by Chance. Uh, join the group. Get involved. Uh, vote on what you want uh, us to uh, review. We're going to be putting up another poll for our Halloween Fest 2019, so we're looking forward to that. And you can pretty much find us wherever you can listen to podcasts. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Chance World underscore 91. Uh, yeah, like I said, check out all our stuff. Check out my other podcast, PWCA, podcast without a cool acronym. Just got back into that one. And, uh, yeah, that's... That's going to do it for all our... Pl- oh, check out this mode. The Orlando event just dropped. It was a super fun time. And uh, it's really great, really great cards. So I hope you go and watch that. And yeah, we will see you next time where we do our Halloween special. We can look at some of the worst horror... We look at some of the worst movies some great horror franchises have to offer. So that's going to be fun. And yeah, we <laughs> will... We have fun and we will see you next time. <laughs>